0: Oh, I don't feel guilty. I say, regardless of his intention, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Guess what? Guess what? No one asked you. No one asked you to insert what you feel about a person's appearance. So go fuck yourself, sir. (laughs) And you know who can join them? All the people that commented that I'm on cocaine and that I need to take drugs to calm down on my Seth Meyers appearance because... Let me say this. I can't afford cocaine. (laughs) The saboteurs at it again. Who's touching your knobs? Turning those little fucking things down. (laughs) Wait, now I can't hear you again. Wait. Wait, now I can. But I couldn't hear you laughing.
1: That's so weird. That might have been, like, Zoom sometimes Ugh. if we're talking at the same time. Cuts one of us out. How's it going, Casey? Are you recording?
0: Oh, yeah, it's recording.
1: Okay, then I want to say, happy birthday oh, <laughs> week to you. Happy birthday week. Yay. <laughs> Well, I woke up early to see that the Supreme Court did not strike down Roe versus Wade today. So your prediction may be right that it will actually happen on your birthday. That's a downer. That's
0: a downer way to open the pod. I mean, here's what's bringing me some um, hope in that arena is... uh, is that in Florida, a synagogue sued the state because it impinges on religious freedom, the 15-week, six-week, zero-week, whatever, abortion bans, all of these extreme abortion bans. Um, And I think, you know, there's a... There's a um, what's the word? It, it's like a you know, like when, like organizations, or like groups of people put out like a statement and they all sign, you know, and like a bunch of like important people sign it. Like what is that called? Like a petition? Like a declaration? A declaration? Like more like a declaration? Like you okay. Know. So there, I apparently there was some sort of declaration many rabbis across the country signed saying just essentially what the fucking truth of this is, which is that like, these are laws that are being passed based on, well, I mean, other than just total power and control, but like based on religious ideology, like based on religious belief of when life begins, it's, Um, subjective, obviously, and, you know, obviously, they, the Supreme Court determined scientifically, like, when fetuses are viable outside of a womb, which, by the way, doesn't even, the Jewish faith, like, in the Jewish faith, you know, the fetus is just an extension of the mother until right. birth, you know, until right. the fetus is outside of the womb, which is why, like, most Jew- Jewish women won't have baby showers before the babies are born. It's not just like um, it's not just like bad luck or whatever, you know, or like an old wives' tale about being about bad luck. It's like it's 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 actually like deeply rooted in tradition and belief, you know. So, and, and they don't name their babies. Jewish people typically. People who are observant don't name their babies until they're born. That's something we did, but that was less about anything other than I just couldn't decide.
1: (laughs) You couldn't decide? your (laughs) Very last minute.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had like a list. I had a list of um, names, you know, but I don't know. It's like... uh, I just... I always felt like you needed to look at the person before you decide what their name is going to be. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um... And I always, like, do you find it a little strange? Like, I, I don't know. Like, I do think it's a little strange sometimes when um, people name, like, their fetuses at, like, four weeks <laughs> or <about>, like, four <laughs> weeks pregnant, and they're like, we're just so excited for Robert to be born. You're like, what? Okay. <laughs> Um, okay, so anyway, but basically, so a synagogue um, sued the state because uh, the extreme abortion ban in Florida um, violates religious freedoms. And, you know, what is supposed to be like one of the things that like is ac- is actually constitutionally guaranteed, right? The, right. The right to live and practice your religion as you see fit, like based on the principles of your religion. Right. Um, right. And so, you know, it it does infringe on religious freedom and it violates the Jewish faith. And, you know, uh, abortion, according, like in Judaism, abortion is... Uh, "Quote required if necessary to protect the health, mental or physical well-being of the woman." Okay, so it's not like it, uh, <sighs> it doesn't have to be like a lady is going to die, you know? <laughs> right, right, right. But anyway, that's giving. It's giving me hope because um, I think that if if these you know, extreme politicians are going to be doing this and playing this out, then I guess the only recourse seems to be finding those ways in which, you know, it is actually in the Constitution that we have a right to abortion. Right, right. It's... Uh, it's very complicated. Um,
1: this might also give you a little bit of hope. It's a little bit of an early birthday present from the members of the Facebook group. If you are not a member of the Facebook group, maybe, maybe you'll want to join. But the members of the Facebook group organized a couple things for your birthday. And obviously, it's not officially your birthday yet, so it's still in progress. But they, first of all, organized a number of donations. They made a number of donations in your name to various causes, but mostly abortion causes and abortion <laughs> funds, um, but a couple other. Some people chose chose different things that they also knew would mean a lot to you, and um, there's, it's already thousands of dollars, so um, when there's, like, a final tally, I'll let you know, but I wanted to tell you on the podcast that they were doing that for you, and also they made a really sweet, like, virtual message board with messages to (laughs) you—look at your little face—with messages to you for uh, birthday messages, um, just of love and just saying hi because you're not on the Facebook page, and so I (laughs) will— Aw, I will send you a link to that when uh, when it's all filled out by everyone who wants to fill it out.
0: Um that's really nice. Thanks guys. I really appreciate it. Aww. Is
1: it a it's a little bit of a weird year for a birthday for everyone, I
0: guess. Oh. <sighs> uh, yeah, I mean hmm. it really is, isn't it? Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> And you've had just a wild week. I feel like, if I've been following your your Instagram,
0: <laughs> what's happened? What happened on my Instagram? I don't on even know. on your Instagram. Gina killed a mouse. Oh God, that was so terrible. <laughs> it was rig. It was like rigor, rigor mortis. <laughs> like, she it gave like it was like a heart attack. She, I, she. I think she really did. Like she didn't because it wasn't like guts or anything. She didn't like destroy it. I mean, we got we got it out of her mouth before she did yeah. some actual, gross, disgusting damage. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> anyway, we had, the guy came yesterday, the pest guy came yesterday, and he was like, this is not an infestation. Like, he looked all over. It. He's like, it was just a couple rogue mice that maybe <laughs> one or two rogue mice got in. So <laughs> uh, and Gina got, got it, you know, wow. the guy. So he like, you know, closed up the holes in yeah. the, that he could see.
1: I mean, I'm glad Gina's like, uh, still has like her, her natural instincts to hunt, I guess. Even though that, I mean, poor mouse, well, but like,
0: you know. No, but also we know this about Gina. Gina is a, yeah, she's, is a stone cold killer. Yeah. She is she's, a She's a serial killer.
1: Listen, small animals, fuck around and find out when you come around Gina.
0: Well, it was really funny. Like, Bertie was, we were laughing at how, and we were remembering the chicken wing, or the, it wasn't the chicken wing, like the <laughs> it bird like wing. A that wing. was like the, the yes. disgusting bird wing. And Bertie and I were laughing about it. It was just so gross and oh disgusting and like hilarious. I made another list. Um, oh, you <laughs> made another list? Okay, let's hear your mm-hmm. list because I
1: have a list as well. We made lists, guys.
0: We're trying to get it together. I was looking, um, because I was sent... Jenny Mullen is on her book tour and got COVID. Oh, (laughs) shit. I know. The first time in two years. Like, you know, finally got her. Although, I guess that makes sense. You know? Like, you're on a book tour. Yeah. Um, And she's quarantining in a hotel uh, (laughs) that she's basically stuck at. Yeah. But so I sent her that... We were on the phone and I was telling her about Rachel Hollis that oh <laughs> she's like didn't know who it was, Girl so I wash sent her that. Po- Girl, wash your face. Uh, so I sent her that podcast. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Okay, gosh. wait, Dwight, do, do you want to start your list? I mean, sure. <laughs> do you want to
1: hear about my day yesterday? Always. Um. Well, first of all, last week I um. I think it was last week. I replied to a tweet by Caleb Heron. You know, Caleb says things. I don't. He, he was talking about... I, think <laughs> I don't know who he is. Name. I think that I I don't know I him. literally don't know who he is. I don't know him personally. I just saw the tweet, and I was like, yeah, this is right. He was saying, like, I'm paraphrasing. You want to charge me for cleaning my Airbnb, and then you, like, leave me a list of chores? No thanks. I'll be at a hotel. Right,
0: right, right, right. And oh, I did so see that tweet, yeah.
1: I replied early on, mm-hmm. but... His, Caleb's tweet went like ma- massively viral. But I replied saying, one time I went to an Airbnb and the lady was on her way out and she was like, hey, my cat's missing. If you see him around, can you catch him and bring him in the house and just like keep him in there until, you know, until I come back when you leave? And I was kind of like... Um, oh, my God. Wh- like, I don't know your cat. I don't know the n- area. I'm here for a business trip. And then, I, you know, it's just a tweet. So I just tweeted that. Cut to, like, on this business trip, I went into the house and I was like, went to settle into a room and she was still, like, dicking around the house. And I was like, hey, there's no bed sheets here? And she was like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I gotta run to the laundry and, like, wash some bed sheets, and then, like, I'll swing by and drop them off later. And I was like, I, you know what, I, I'm g- just gonna head to a hotel. I'm gonna try to get a hotel room because this seems like, it seems like you have a lot going on and maybe you should stay at your house. But anyway, that also, like, 14,000 people liked that tweet because of how massively popular Caleb's tweet was. But people are still talking about it today, saying what a piece of shit I am for not being willing to help that lady find her cat. And I was like, it's not that I was unwilling. It's just I was there for like a business trip. And she was like on her way out and like, see a sucker. Try to catch my cat like a Pokemon. And I just was like, a lot of people agreed with me, but a lot of people still a week later are like in, in their feelings about my unwillingness to become a cat bounty hunter at an Airbnb.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, this is why we don't fuck with Twitter. This is, you know what I mean? Yes. So This anyway. is why we're just not, we're not, we're not fucking with Twitter. Yeah,
1: I guess that's it. It's like, I get it. Like, and I, I love a kitty. I think they're, I, I mean, they're not my favorite household pet, but it's fine. I'm fine with a kitty, but it's just, that's a lot of responsibility to pay for the privilege of doing.
0: You know what I'm saying? I like, mean, it's not, not yeah, no. It doesn't make what? any sense. Anyway, anyway. Also, it's like, it would be one thing if it was like, oh, my cat got out. Like, if you, if you see a cat. It might be my cat. Yeah, you text me.
1: Yeah, and I'll come.
0: I I mean, it was just a lot. It was a lot. I don't know. It feels. Now listen. Whatever. I mean, honestly, I blame you for getting involved in Twitter. So, <laughs> And also for like the place where I was working for getting Airbnbs
1: instead of just hotels, just get a hotel, you know, just that's why that's why I should not stay in Airbnbs for the most part. I should stay in hotels. Yeah, Airbnbs also just are like, always like a literal crapshoot.
0: Yeah, but also like Airbnbs are part of the reason why there's a housing crisis yes. and why people can't afford to live close to the places where they work and you know this idea of having like income property is yeah. so fucking weird people are so weird and everybody is needs to calm down
1: it seemed like a good idea at
0: first and now i'm seeing that i'm just personally a hotel person i think i did see some versions of these tweets i don't i don't remember But I did see somebody that was like, I just wish there were... And this is where I agree. Like, when you're traveling with children, like, there aren't great family hotel options. Right. That are reasonably priced. Right. Like, somebody should need... Because, like, you don't want to be in a room. (laughs) Right. With With your your two children. children. Yeah. And, a whole, you know, like, a whole family. Like, it's too much. Yeah. So, someone... Hilton, I'm looking at you. <laughs> I don't know. My dad loves Hilton. Is it Hilton that he has the points at? Yeah, Hilton, probably. Yeah. yeah, he loves this. I think I've actually talked to your
1: parents about their points before.
0: But my dad loves those points. Those points are everything <laughs> for my father. still, even still. Yeah. There was something that happened a, a couple years. points were stolen, taken out, he was...
1: oh no. it was a
0: whole thing. It's like you had it, to get uh, on the phone. A cryptocurrency scam. It was basically a scam. It was a scam. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh, that- my God. Wait, this isn't on the list, but I have to, I have to read you a text exchange. Please. I live okay. for
1: being read so, a text exchange.
0: <clears throat> so I'm sorry to this person if they're listening to this podcast. I don't know if they do or not. I met a person at an event that I... Had to go to. And um, we had like a mutual friend in common, you know? Yeah. I'm just going to be... Honestly, there's no fucking way this person listens to the fucking podcast because they would have known not to bring up NFTs (laughs) with me. Exactly. (laughs) So anyway, we have like a mutual good friend. Oh my God, this is so insane. You're going to laugh. This is not on the list. Not on the list. (laughs) Um... And so, uh, you, whatever it's a woman, and you know I'm on the I'm on the lookout for friends, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> obviously. So I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's. Here, I gave her my number. Oh, sh- great! Let's hang out. Okay, sure. And then before we parted ways at the event, um, she said something about like, oh, like th- all the abortion work you do is so great. Like I'm doing this NFT thing to like benefit some. And I was like, oh, uh-huh. So anyway, here's the exchange. So she texts me, now that you're in NYC, we'll have to get together. This is the project I told you about that I'm donating to the abortion funds, blah, blah, blah. And then sends me this thing. And he go, amazing. Full disclosure, I really have a major issue with NFTs, exclamation point. I love art. And I love donating to charity. But NFTs aren't for me. (laughs) Why? Why did I feel the need to do that? (laughs) What's wrong with me? Well, I mean... Because I didn't know how else to respond, I guess. Yeah. You're just being honest.
1: Because you know what? You're being smart. And I think you said it in a nice way. And that wasn't overly confrontational. But if you're going to continue to talk to this person, if you had, like, even... Not said anything or had like feigned support or whatever. You would have had to continue to have conversations about
0: NFTs, and then it would like. Well, wait. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the response back was, "I understand." Took me a year of learning, but mm. totally get it. What I love about it is artists, and blah, 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 blah. but understand and love your honesty. And then I wrote, oh, I've learned a ton about it. Like, truly, (laughs) I have talked to experts in the field. I am really very emphatically against them on so many levels. (laughs) But live, laugh, love, JK. Just have to tell you all this because I'm very outspoken about how much I am against them. (sighs) Well... You'll meet another new friend in New York. I really had to go. I really went hard. Oh, sometimes I just gosh. like. Sometimes yeah. I just go so hard. Yeah. Well, you know I, this about me. Yeah. Sometimes. Well,
1: you. Sometimes I go hard, and then you have to tell me. Like I'm like I don't think I was that bad, and then you're like I mean it was a little bad, and then I'm like oh okay, but you know you're just you're just in the moment. Everybody goes hard sometimes.
0: No, Everybody. some people don't. No, I don't <laughs> think so. I Actually, I'm just going to disagree. I don't think so. I think, I think some people don't go hard. I think some people don't go hard. We could be right. We could be right. Do you know what helps me sleep through the night? I think I have an idea, but do you want to tell me? Yes. So we were sent this product to try out. You know me and Casey. <laughs> <laughs> We always have to try the things before we do them, before we agree to sell them to you. And so I got this Ned Sleep Blend that has magnesium in it. Um, Ned is what the company is called. And basically, guys, these are like super blends that have, you know, trace minerals, magnesium, CBD. Some of them have CBD. Uh, yeah, all kinds of incredible ingredients. They really so magnesium is so good, especially if you like work out. So I've been working out this past week. Oh, I forgot to talk about this on the podcast, but I'm talking about it now in the ad. Um, I did do six days last week of working out, which was That's great. incredible. Yeah. I know, but I did get a little sore. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because I haven't been working out as much, you know, recently. So yeah, but that was why the Ned magnesium came at the perfect time. I take it before bed. It like helps if you haven't, if you haven't ever taken magnesium. Um, first of all, it helps with like a myriad of things. My doctor years ago told me to take a magnesium supplement for my IBS, even. Yes. Do you take
1: it for your stuff too? I take it for my stuff and, um, I When I first started taking it, like magnesium can be pretty rough on your stomach. So this NED product, Mellow, it's called, is a magnesium super blend. It's a dietary supplement. And that's what I appreciate about it so
0: much is that it's really gentle on my stomach. Uh, I do feel like brain function, my muscles, just like, you know, I'll get that... um, things sometimes where my hands are like kind of numb. Remember? Yeah, yeah. Well, not if I take my magnesium, but also like the CBD, I I want to try the CBD now. I'm going to have to order it myself <laughs> because I just had them send me the magnesium to try. But um, the CBD is like, seems kind of amazing too. And CBD is so good for anti-inflammation and stuff. We want you to become the best versions of yourself and get 15% off of Ned products with the code busy. So you go to helloned.com slash busy or enter code busy at your checkout. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash busy. And you're going to get 15% off. Thank you so much to Ned for sponsoring the show and offering our listeners a natural remedy for some of life's most common health issues, and also just for hooking me and Casey up with a new product that we legit love and is making our lives better. Thank you so much. Element, element, element. It is wild. It is so wild. You guys, are you on the electrolyte train yet? <laughs> are you on my electrolyte train yet? It makes such a huge difference. Get on it. Because
1: I think we all do a lot of things that are very dehydrating and we need some
0: electrolytes. And the electrolytes are key to feeling your best. I'm not kidding you. Guys, it will change you. It will change you. And that's, we love Element. It's L-M-N-T, but you pronounce it Element. Element. Um, It's a very tasty electrolyte drink mix. It's got everything you need, nothing you don't. Lots of salt, no sugar. There's no junk, no food coloring, no artificial ingredients, no gluten, no fillers, no BS. It's formulated to help anyone with electrolytes and it's perfectly suited for people who are following like keto or low carb or paleo or whatever your diet thing is. We I don't I don't need to know about it. I just know <laughs> that you can also have element, headaches, muscle cramps, fatigue, sleeplessness, guys. All of that are comp. They're common symptoms of electrolyte deficiency, and this is why I'm telling you, electrolytes will change your life as they've changed my life. Just two days ago, when I had had <laughs> some wine and I and I needed to feel better, guys. Right now, Element is offering the listeners a free sample pack with any order that's eight single serving packets free with any element order. This is a great way. You can try all eight flavors. They're very good. Or you can share element with a salty friend. (laughs) Get yours at drinklmnt.com slash best. The deal is only available through my special link. You must go to drinklmnt.com slash best. Also... Element offers a no questions asked refund. It's totally risk free. If you don't like it, just give it away and they'll give you your money back. No questions asked. So you literally have nothing to lose. Get some electrolytes into your life, guys. Get some Element.
1: Listen, do you want to hear about my day yesterday? Yes. Biz, (sighs) what happened? So, okay, so I told you that I was getting a new-to-me car, a new used car, Mm -hmm. to replace the subscription service car.
0: (laughs) Also, gonna say, kind of a scam. But also, it just sounds like a lease, but with a different, weirder name. Yeah, but also,
1: I think it's like... It started off being basically amazing, like it was like concierge-level service, and then the company has changed hands so many times, and the services are cut every time, but the price is never cut as the car devalues, and I've like basically paid the purchase price for the car at this point, where, you know, it still belongs to someone else. And there was a hit and run, someone hit the back of it, and so I'm responsible to like get that fixed. So I was like... That sucks. My new-to-me used car came, and so mm-hmm. I um, wanted to bring the other car into the body shop to get it taken care of. So mm-hmm. they th- that car is at the body shop, but that's no problem, because I have the new-to-me car, mm-hmm. and Matt has his fun, vintage, convertible midlife crisis mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, And so then, you know that... This might be the last new to me car I get of my life. I don't know if I take care of this, it might last me for 20 years, you know. And so I want to be happy with it and it's silver and that is like my least favorite car color. My least But I thought
0: we were getting it wrapped.
1: Yes. So, Tony at Wraps LA, the best guy I've ever met in Los Angeles. Tony where were you when I wanted my car wrapped? Oh, my God. Busy. He's really young, so he probably was, like, not old enough to to wrap a car then. But now he's old enough.
0: Damn.
1: He's so good. He gave me the best price by a country mile of anyone in L.A. He invited us to his shop to show us all around. And it was so cool. And he was so patient with me while I was picking a color he ordered the material, and he was like, it's going to take a while because of supply chain issues. Did you it, get matte green? I didn't get matte green. I got, no. like, a sparkly teal color. Ooh, I love that. I think it'll be really fun. Yes. So, anyway, he calls me, and he's like, listen, oh, I no. your material came in to wrap your car. It came in, like, so soon. It's a surprise. I can do it right away. <gasps> and, like, I have the time, and so I can just bang it out. And I was like okay, let me talk Mm -hmm. to my husband. And he was like, I was like, when can I bring it? And he was like, you can bring it like now. I'm on my way in now. And I'll show you the vinyl and then we can get started. And so I talked to Matt and I was like, listen, I know this is going to be a huge inconvenience because we have four people sharing two cars. And Mm -hmm. now this guy is asking to take my car for a few days to wrap it. But he has time. He cleared his schedule. He has the materials. And Matt was like, I agree. This will be a pain in the ass but let's do it. So we go and we this is yesterday. This is yesterday. Just need to make and sure. And mm-hmm. by the way, it was mm. in the morning and I said, "Matt, what is it like outside?" cuz he'd already been outside with the dogs and he was like, "You know what? It's kind of cool and pleasant." And I was like, "I'm just going to throw on what I had on last night when I was outdoors." And so I threw on like this adorable sweater. It's very thick. Mm-hmm. I threw on some sturdy wide-leg jeans, sneakers. And because I knew I was going to be riding home in the convertible and I didn't want to get a sunburn, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And um, so this is all happening before Matt has to get to work for his shift Mm -hmm. that starts at 1 o'clock. We drop off the car with Tony. He's, I love him so much. I would adopt him to be like an extra son if we needed extra sons. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... They have a conversation about how fun Matt's car is, and he's like, oh, I wouldn't do anything to that. That car's older than me. You know, same thing every young person says. Uh, Mm -hmm. He's like, that car's perfect. I love it. And then I was like, okay, let's go. Can I stop at the pharmacy on the way home? I just have to pick something up. Matt says, sure. I go into the pharmacy. I was thinking of getting my COVID booster when I was there, (laughs) and then I was like, no, I don't want to make Matt late for work. I got to just get my thing and get out of here. Thank Wait, God you get I, another booster? Yeah, because of turning elderly, 50. <laughs> so I get a second <laughs> COVID booster. And I have to get like shingles vaccines. I have to get all the vaccines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're so good. anyway, uh-huh. I decided not to because I didn't want to make Matt late on the off chance that it took a while. And thank God mm-hmm. I didn't get it because I came out and Matt's car was like smoking, possibly on fire.
0: No, no.
1: And he was like, I don't know, like, if a hose blew on the radiator or what, I don't know, because he's not like a car repair guy, he's just a car lover guy. And so he ran over to Seven Eleven, got some coolant, dumped it in there, it all went on the ground. We found a garage like a half a mile away, and they, he called and talked to the guy who's, I think, was named Greg. And Greg was like, Yeah, 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 bring it in. So we bring it in. But in the meantime, Matt's like, Oh shit, I have to get to work. What am I going to do? Should I call out sick? And I was like, It's not really a good time to call out sick because people actually are. You know, very sick. sick. Um, So I was like, just take an Uber to your job and then I'll stay here waiting for this guy to come around and talk to us. When that guy ever came around, he was such a dick to me. And I just felt like it was because I was a woman. Well, obviously... And he was like, "This, how far did you drive this like this? And I was like, my husband spoke to you on the phone. We drove it one half of a mile. He was like, it's too hot. I can't do anything with it. I can't touch it. And I was like, this is too hot. I was like putting my hand on it and being like, this is too hot. And then I got all worked up because Greg, I think his name was, was being such an asshole. And so I just was like... Be polite to me. I need you to be polite to me. This is a stressful moment. My car is broken. Like, it's not my car. Whatever. But so, anyway, meanwhile, I'm, like, texting Matt, and I'm trying to, like, figure out, like, What's going to happen? Like, how we're going to be transported anywhere in my family. (laughs) So I'm, like, on the phone, like, trying to, like, see if I can get one of the two cars back that are both in the garage. And now this third one's in the garage. And I'm texting Matt, like, this guy's being such a dick. And then, um the guy Matt called the guy and talked to him again, and I guess that like registered with him that like, oh, this woman is married, and this is her husband's car and like so he came over, and then he finally was nice, you and he was hate like it. yeah, he was like the the parts will be here Tuesday, parts that he told me didn't exist and weren't gettable anyway, so I was like really riled up. And thank God for this guy that worked at the garage that kept like rolling his eyes at me being like, yeah, he's a dick. Um, but so anyway, for some reason I was like, at that point, our budget for like living for the month was already blown on like a month, the Monday of the week. So I was just like, I'm just going to walk home. It's only a couple miles to walk home. You're
0: wearing like a sweater. What's wrong? Oh. <laughs> No. A sweater and wide leg no. jeans no. in the valley. No. And it no. was like 100 degrees. What's wrong? With, what were you thinking?
1: I don't no. know what I was thinking. I just felt like I had to walk it off because I was oh so like God. busy. I almost died. It was yeah, only- Of course you did. <laughs> it was only two miles, but I almost <laughs> died. I was oh like, my God. <laughs> I know the valley is hot and i know that there is hardly any shade in the valley but i was like dashing and like crouching in the in the um shadows of like tiny bushes i got a big gulp for the first time
0: since the 1990s but at what po- but like you could have just stopped and just <laughs> called an uber at I, any point
1: i know but then i was just like you know how i am like i just was like no i have to do this i have to walk home it was so stupid. It was the stupidest thing. you didn't have to do it. I know. And I was like (laughs) wearing this sweater. I had a mask on because I forgot to put sunblock on or I didn't think it was necessary. But so anyway, I had a mask on. I'm truly
0: horrified by all of Because I didn't want my face to
1: get burned. And then I was just like, I had sunglasses on. I looked insane. But the worst part, which I think you will really identify with, is I had thick wide leg jeans on and they got so sweaty and so heavy that like as i got closer to home the harder it was (laughs) just stop it stop it and like the seams were full of like very salty sweat and they like abraded my skin like i sincerely have like marks on my body from like just being you know i'm like a very sensitive skin flower and um, so now I have like like I don't—they're not scabs, but they're just like irritated areas from. But my, they're not not scabs. My sweaty, stupid jeans that I think were like growing bigger and bigger as I walked, gr- as they like got saturated with sweat. They just kept getting wider and wider. Legged jeans, so
0: funny. Um, you know I'm working on the movie. Senior mm-hmm. trip mm-hmm. <laughs> that we first guys you're all a part of this this movie with me <laughs> I've been trying to decide though recently I've been I'm still outlining if I want to pitch it and like just try to get paid so that I can get some fucking money and pay off my taxes don't worry IRS you'll get your money someday. <laughs> yeah um, do it well that's easy to say
1: well I mean wh- like what pitching's
0: can- I don't know pitching's like pitching's like kind of hard not for you, know, you. You could. I could just write it, right? And then I have a script and we yeah. can take a place. But I just don't know. This might be too inside, guys, for you guys right now in this Hollywood moment. break. Like, I, Hollywood break. I just don't know what the trend is currently with movies. I think that, like, okay, that's to say, guys, this is the Hollywood break. Sometimes it goes in waves in this... In this industry, so, sometimes they go through waves where studios are just looking for scripts that are already written and done to, like, just say, yes, let's do that. Yeah. Sometimes they prefer to have development, i.e., you pitch it, and then you send them the outline, and then you send them the first draft, and then they give you notes on all these things. You know, and there's more... It's yeah. more participation and back and forth. It just depends. I just don't know where the... um industry. I don't know where people are at like who are making movies right now because I actually don't even know what movies are. And then beyond that, I essentially don't even have like agents. I don't know what's happening. So everything's fakakta.
1: We were just having a conversation about this and I was saying, you know, there's the new um Emma Thompson movie where she's like an older lady who's having a relationship with um with a sex worker, I guess is is what he is, and I haven't seen that movie yet. But I was saying I'm appreciating the return to smaller movies that aren't a Marvel movie. Or... Well, that's what that's what this would that's what Senior Trip is. Exactly, exactly. And I think there's a place for those, and that is one thing that I think streamers are doing well. And I think that there's a place for those. Oh, wait, but
0: this was what I was going to say. So I had I took Bertie to the. Um... <clears throat> Phoebe Bridger's show. Yeah. Because Lucy, I found out Lucy Dacus was the surprise opening guest. Yeah. Um, And so I texted Lucy and was like, hey, girl, hey, can you hook, can you hook us up? <laughs> she was like, of course. And so then afterwards, we were kind of backstage and it was such a bummer because I guess Phoebe and her boyfriend had to like split to go or her fiance to go overseas for something that they needed to be at. And so Bertie didn't get to meet Phoebe Bridgers or Harry Styles. Now I'm officially a bad mom. Oh my God. Anyway, don't guys, don't, don't even start. Don't even (laughs) fucking start. Do not even start. So, but I was chatting with these, uh, ladies who were amazing, but that part of the reason why we were chatting is because I don't know how it started. I don't remember how it started, but anyway, the point is I somehow started telling them about senior trip. Yeah. and then and like the one girl was like laughing hysterically and i was like i've gone back and forth about making it a period piece or not but i think now i'm i'm definitely going to set it in you know the year that it was that we went yeah. to europe yeah. you know my friends and i and she was and we were laughing because she was like, oh my God, Jenko jeans. I remember this boy in my cl- in my school who was wearing those big Jenko jeans, but then like he like stepped in a puddle <laughs> and, then they just, and then they were just like soaking wet. And I was like that imagery, I totally remember that. Like yes. anyone who lived through the giant jeans of the 90s and like just having wet, like, and she's like th- the way that they like would soak up all the way, like it, it would, like all of a sudden, then your knees were wet, and yeah, then it was like, like the tops up. of it was wicking up, it was like wicking upwards. <laughs> anyway, it was making me laugh really hard, and I'm like, I'm putting that in the movie, thank you. Um, but that's oh what your God. big wide leg jeans, soaked with sweat, reminds me of the Janko jeans stepped in a puddle. It was reminding stepping in a me, puddle with
1: I didn't have JNCO official Junko jeans on, but in the in the 90s, um, when I worked at the Rosie O'Donnell show and I was a young person, I think it was Rosie. Anyway, I had some giant jeans on and, um, and, Our executive producer was like, oh, I need, are there any PAs here? I need someone to drop this somewhere, like at the end of the day. And I was a writer on the show, but I was also young and a woman. So I was always doing that thing where I'd be like, oh, I can take care of that. You know, no problem. That's like on my way you know wherever it's just a little out of my way, um trying to like make myself indispensable, and so I offered to drop something off at some hotel or some apartment or whatever, and it started to rain, and my wide legged nineties jeans got so heavy that I started crying like in the rain, <laughs> like, I just yes. yes. I just showed up at whatever, I'm assuming, like, some celebrity's apartment or hotel, like, trying to deliver something soaked like a wet rat with these pants, like, trying to drag me down to hell and just crying. And whenever I get wet, that's what I feel like crying. I'm reminded of that time, and I feel like I want to cry.
0: Listen. Sometimes... The only thing to do is cry. (laughs) And I really, truly believe that. I really, really believe that. What the fuck? You're already wet. What is this bug? Oh, my God. There's like some wild bug that just... Oh, no. You don't need it. You don't need it today.
1: Not today, Busy. Not today. So what was the deal with your balcony with beer cans and broken glass and bloody tissues?
0: Oh yeah, that did happen. I forgot. Um well, I did. I actually found out my neighbor upstairs had a it wasn't it wasn't it, they weren't all related. The beer oh, can wasn't related. The, the it's like this is it's like a bright blue bug in in here. Oh god. Okay. Jesus Christ. Um <clears throat> Sir? <laughs> Hello. Where did you go? Oh, there you are. Oh my God, what is that? What are you? You look like a little lightning bug or something. Are you magic? I need to get you out of here. You need to go. Oh, don't sting me. I wonder if it's a stinging bug. I hope not. Here, let's see. Can I do this? Can I do this? Get out. Go. Go. Look, I opened it. Go, go, go. Oh, shit, shit. Oh, God damn. Go, 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 go. Yay! Swear to God, it just flew in, back into my bedroom window. Oh, my God. I'm just looking flew the- up
1: Bright Blue Bugs, New York, and I'm seeing something called a blue mud wasp.
0: Oh, great. Great. Sounds exactly right. Anyway, my neighbors upstairs had something fall. The glass was broken. Cut the finger. It all fell out the <laughs> The window was still onto my little balcony and they were horrified. But at least I said, it made me feel better that it was blood I knew.
1: Yeah. And then it's like, wasn't a mystery. That it, wasn't a mystery. To be it wasn't a mystery. Yeah. It wasn't only murders in the building type
0: thing. No, no, it was just, but it also it was like super windy. So I think, cause also on the roof of this building, there's, you can hang out. There's like, it's a communal hangout space. Right. So I think that the beer can unrelated had flown on down from got up it. there, so I also found two Gatorade bottles <laughs> on my on my other on my other little balcony. So I think that there was like a wind. It was just a confluence of circumstances, but also just happy to report everyone's fine. Okay. Um, no one was murdered. That's what I was worried about. Yeah, me too, a little bit. But a then bit. once I got clarity on the fact that um, it was just my neighbors upstairs and the window broke and. <laughs> Everything's fine. I was like, oh, okay, that's great. It made sense. Um, I don't know. I'm too tired. Let's not do this anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh.
1: Oh, uh, here's something I want to get your advice on. Okay. Right. So we talk about sometimes the best way to promote your podcast and to, you know, build mm-hmm. your podcast is to go on other podcasts, mm-hmm. plus, it's fun to Mm -hmm. do other things. So Mm -hmm. recently, I've done a few things. The first Mm -hmm. thing is that I recorded um, a memories video for David Letterman's YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. Of my times, uh, my favorite Uh memories from when I was a staffer at The Late Show with David Letterman. I also went on Jimmy Pardo's podcast, Never Not Funny, if you're a fan of that. It's one of my favorite podcasts. I love going on there. I love that crew over there. They're the most fun. It's so fun. I love Jimmy Pardo. This has nothing to do with Jimmy Pardo, other than than to say, check out Never Not Funny. But I also went on. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. I've Mm -hmm. been on that podcast a number of times. Allison Rosen actually is my friend. Our old graphics guy from Busy Tonight, Io, is a big fan of Allison Rosen. That was a funny moment. I think I mentioned before Mm -hmm. when she was at a birthday party for me, and Io was like, "Was that Allison Rosen?" And I thought that was funny because he just didn't seem like the type to listen to Alison Rosen as your new best friend, but he is. But anyway, she has a segment on her podcast called Hey, Go Fuck Yourself, where you're supposed Mm. to tell someone to go fuck themselves. Yeah, great. And so this ties into the Letterman video because my choice for Hey, Go Fuck Yourself um, was to, and I did say, I did I did couch it saying this is maybe like a suggestion to maybe go fuck yourself if you meant Mm -hmm. it in a certain way or whatever, Mm -hmm. but maybe it's not. But then everybody responded to it saying that my take on it is not the way that they took it. But on the Letterman YouTube video, I won't say the person's name, but someone commented, a man commented, I'm just going to come out and say, that is a beautiful woman. (laughs) (laughs) And (gasps) Like, why did you have to say it that way? But they were like, they they were all were like, I take it as a compliment. And I was like, I took it like, listen, this is an act of courage for me to come out and admit that I think that woman's beautiful. And uh, she might not be everyone's cup of tea, but she's mine and I'm not afraid to say it. And so I was like, maybe go fuck yourself, but maybe not.
0: And then I felt guilty about it. Oh, I don't feel guilty. I say, regardless of his intention, go fuck yourself. (laughs) Guess what? Guess what? No one asked you. No one asked you. No one asked you to insert what you feel about a person's appearance. So go fuck yourself, (laughs) And you know who can join them? You know who can join them? All the people that commented that I'm on cocaine and that I need to take drugs to calm down on my Seth Meyers appearance because let me say this you can't afford cocaine I'm sorry (laughs) that first of all A I can't afford cocaine no but B you know I've never done cocaine I've told you this I've done like literally every drug under the sun but not except cocaine For cocaine. Wow. I've never snorted anything in my nose because I think that's disgusting and I always really liked my nose and I was afraid You don't want to ruin it. Yeah, I was afraid that it would, like, collapse or something and then my perfect nose would be fucked. But still, let's fuck, fuck that guy. Yeah. And fuck the people that think that... Or whatever, think that they can comment about my hyperactivity on. Seth, the truth is... There are drugs you can take. They're called beta blockers when you go on like late night shows or things. And maybe I should take beta blockers because I do get really nervous. And then, you know, I haven't been in person on a talk show in literally forever. Yeah. And so, and like Seth and I go way back and... And you were excited to see him. I was excited to see him. We really like, excited to be there in person. Really chatting. And, and also, also like, what do people want you to do on a talk show? Well, wait, this is what I was going to say. Because I have multiple circles of thought about it. One is that the idea that someone who's excited, like that there's something wrong with a person who is showing excitement right. is such a fucking like bullshit middle school, like, antiquated, dumb thing that's only, that only exists, again, it's the product of the patriarchy. Sure. It is. Yeah. You know, it's the same thing as the fucking, you know, guy who told me that he thinks people would consider me really... Classically beautiful. If I didn't talk so much,
1: <laughs> fuck that guy. He's the fuck original. Guy. Go fuck yourself.
0: He is for sure. Thought he was going to get his, but he didn't. Kind. He kind of did. He really didn't. It sucks. Anyway, the point being, there's this. There's an idea, like a way that people are dismissive of women and girls specifically who are excited about things. Right. And to me, it's, you know, not only deeply, obviously, rooted in trying to keep men in power, you know, it's to like dismiss and to shame women and and girls into being quiet and not being excited about things, speaking up about things, showing excitement. Right. And it's such internalized misogyny for a lot of people who don't even realize that that's why they, you know, that they're... Well, I no, they're like, I, that's not what it's about for me. Like, I just think you should calm down. I just think it was just, like, uncomfortable to watch. It's just uncomfortable to watch someone. It's like, no, 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 you don't understand. You You feel like it's uncomfortable to watch because of your internalized misogyny and your right. internalized hatred of other women and wanting to put them down or put them in their place because... It's too much to have a person who's, you know, showing excitement about a thing. That being said, wait, so that's one thing. That's one circle of thought that I have about it, which ties into the back to Phoebe Bridger's show, which was almost similar but different than my experience at the Harry Styles show. That's another, if we're just doing circles today, I don't know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But, you know the Phoebe Bridgers song, I Know the End? I don't know it, but... Oh, it's so good. But it's this song that starts off really like slow and quiet. And then it builds and builds and builds. And then the music, like, you know, the music sort of kind of like explodes. And then she screams into the microphone, like just gutturally screams. And so... You know, this show, the Phoebe Bridger show was at Forest Hill Stadium, which is like an amazing place and was really beautiful. And thousands and thousands of teens and young women and women in their 20s and 30s and 40s, you know, mostly like Phoebe Bridgers did this funny thing at one point where she's like, where are the dads at? <laughs> are the dads out there and like, you know, there definitely were a lot of dads. Um, But so the band's playing that song and it gets, and I kind of like, I was leaning against this wall and I sort of, I like leaned hard into the wall because I knew what was about to happen. And there was this woman who was my age, like right sort of in front or close to my age, maybe younger than me. Sorry if you're listening, (laughs) Um, like kind of slightly in front of and to the side, like almost standing in front of like Birdie and their friend who are standing next to me, and um, and that part came like when the Phoebe is going to scream into the microphone, and I don't know if you've ever heard um, like fifteen twenty five thousand teenage young women and young women screaming bloody fucking murder, <laughs> but it was. Like so fucking overwhelming, I started like crying immediately, just because, um, oh no, I'm gonna cry again, <sighs> just because, um, just because, like because the scream okay, the screaming at the Harry Styles show is like a different kind of screaming, yes, yeah, like this felt so fucking needed and like what every single one of those girls and young women in that stadium have been waiting to do for a long fucking time. And I just, and the girl, that woman like turned around and looked at me like almost like what the fuck is happening? And I was like, yeah, dude, fucking yes. Yes. And I, you know, like, got teary. And I just was like, I fucking love girls. I love teenagers. I love, like, young women. I love women. And I fucking hate being one so much sometimes, you know? And I hate, I hate it for all of them, too. And, like, the power that they have, the power that they fucking can wield, and the way that time and time again, like, our... Society, our country, our fucking dudes that are supposedly our best friends, you know, are just like, yeah, except take it down a notch. Right. And you carry that with you for the rest of your life. And you carry it, you carry it, you carry it, you carry it. And I just wanted to like wrap all of those fucking girls up and just be like, okay, people. (laughs) We have to remember to scream. We have to remember to fucking scream. Sierra, <sighs> <Sarah>, hi. hi. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, no, I love I was talking it. about. I was talking about the Phoebe Bridgers concert, among other things. Oh my gosh, my teeth are so clean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is an amazing humble brag that I know to also be true. But why are your teeth so clean?
0: My teeth are so clean because I've been using brush. <laughs> it's an electric toothbrush that has changed the way I think about brushing my teeth. <laughs> because it's got, it's very powerful, but the bristles are very gentle. It doesn't hurt me. And it redefines what it means to have super clean teeth. I'm telling you. I'm running my my tongue along my teeth. It's like the same feeling when you just leave the dentist. I love this toothbrush. I am so excited about it.
1: (laughs) I love it too because you know I'm a real science bitch, and I love sonic cleaning. Is like a really scientifically proven form of great cleaning.
0: Yeah, it's really incredible. Plus, what I like is that you charge the battery and then the battery life is a whole 30 days. So you can travel with it and not have to worry about the charger. I can charge it and then just like put the charger away. It makes it so much easier for me. And I use Gentle because I have sensitive gums, but there are (laughs) six unique cleaning modes. And... They also do tongue mode. So you can brush your tongue, which is the best.
1: Yeah, that's so great. And it does that thing the two minute timer with quad pacers so that you know that you're spending the right amount of time in each section of your mouth, which really makes my heart sing because I want to make sure that I'm doing a good job.
0: Uh, also, they've got a subscription plan. So they'll ship a pack of replacement brush heads to your door. The brush kit includes the electric toothbrush, three brush heads, and a magnetic charging station, and a travel case, which is amazing. I really do enjoy that there are three different brush heads because I've been actually making one of my children
1: Oh, use it as well. Oh, great.
0: With me. And so, yeah. And so I just like switch the brush head out.
1: And they have a ninety day return policy because they believe so much in their mm-hmm. own product.
0: You're not gonna return it. But listen, I have even better news. Get twenty percent off when you pick up your Bruch brush kit and plan when you go to Bruch.com slash busy. So it's B R U U S H dot com slash busy. That's twenty percent off when you go to Bruch dot com slash busy. B R U U S H dot com. Slash busy, you're gonna love it. Mine's pink; it's so cute. Ooh, sakara, sakara, you know we love you. You know we're gonna eat your sakara. (laughs) Is that weird? Kind of. I liked it. I love sakara, guys. You know that we love sakara. Feeling your best starts with what you eat. Full stop. And Sakara helps you to not just live a healthy, balanced lifestyle, but also for you to truly enjoy it. It's got with delicious plant-rich meals, functional wellness essentials that build a foundation for radiant health. Listen, the plant-rich, ready-to-eat meals and functional wellness essentials nourish your body with whole organic ingredients that will retrain your palate and help you break up with that sweet tooth for good. Get rid of it. (laughs) <laughs> I do find a difference when I reset with Sakara. I yes. then am able to kind of like, I'm like, oh, it's not every night I need ice cream. Do you know what I right. mean? Like,
1: right. Oh Which gosh, is like, sort of, we've all been on that train. We've all yeah. been on that train. Well,
0: Saqqara is a wellness company anchored in food as medicine. They're on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plants. Um, And it gives you the tools that you need to transform your life with organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery that comes right to your door with powerful plant-based ingredients. It boosts your energy, makes your skin glow, makes you look amazing and feel even better, which is like the big deal for me. Right. You look amazing when you feel great. Yes. Yes. It shines, you shine from the inside out. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners twenty percent off their first order when they go to com slash busy or enter code Busy at checkout. That's Sakara S A K A R A dot com slash busy, and you're gonna get twenty percent off your first order. Sakara dot com slash busy.
1: Well, Sierra, this is how we do it on this podcast. I love it. We just, like, add you into the conversation, start talking, and then at some point I'm like, as the producer, oh shit, we should (laughs) introduce Sierra. Everybody, we're so excited today that she could join us because we've been trying to get her to join us for so long. It's Sierra Teller Ornelas, who we have known via social media for so long. She's a really talented, talented writer. That's where I am just, like, so in awe of her. She is the showrunner for Rutherford Falls on Peacock, which is, like, Girls 5 Evas... Sit, sister, p- show. sister, friend, sister friend friend show friend, friend show yeah. <laughs> down the dial and um the new season the second season is just up on peacock now you can watch it now mm-hmm. and so we're so excited to have you here sierra thanks for coming thanks so much for having me um before Yay. i start
2: i have to oh, like uh before I start, my name is Sierra Taylor Ornalis. I'm a member of the Navajo Nation. I am Edgewater clan born for the Mexican clan. Um, traditionally, when we speak in front of a bunch of people, we always start by saying our clans in case there's any Navajos listening. And yeah, thanks so much for having me here today. I'm very, very excited.
0: Oh, I Sarah, love where that. Did, I love that too. Where did you grow up? I grew
2: up in Tucson. My mom is from the Navajo Nation on the New Mexico side, so she's in between mm-hmm. this town called Newcomb, New Mexico, which is in between Gallup and um, and um, Shiprock. And then I grew up. She met my dad in Phoenix, and then I was born in Phoenix, raised in Tucson for most of my life. But we went back up a lot when I was a kid.
0: That's where I'm from, you know.
2: You're from Arizona. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I'm from Scottsdale. No way. Yeah. yeah. I went to Kachina Elementary. I mm-hmm. went to Cochise. No way. I went with. You're, Al- so, you're younger than me. No, I think we're the same age. I went with, I was um, Calico Cooper, Alice Cooper's daughter. Uh, and I went to kindergarten together because um, she lived on like the good side of Camelback Mountain and we were the trash bags <laughs> at the bottom of the mountain. Um, but we all went to the same Stop. elementary school, but I, I lived in Phoenix for like a few years when I was like a little, little.
0: I can't remember. My friend Kate, I maybe went to Kachina. Yeah. Yeah, Why was it but then you you didn't go to middle school or high school there.
2: No, because my, my brother had breathing problems. We were living on the reservation and he was born yeah. really, really premature. And uh-huh. he had to get airlifted to uh, Universal, University Medical Center in Tucson. And so my mom and my dad were there. For weeks, watching over him, and my dad started walking around the university. And his grandfather, Tito Flores, was one of the first Latinos to graduate from the pharmacy program at the University of Arizona. And That's he had so cool. the only, yeah, he had like the only integrated um, drugstore um, in on Congress downtown. And so everyone knew Tito Flores at the time, like like it was like your grandparents knew him, that kind of thing. And so people at the school were like, if you ever want to go become a pharmacist, let us know we could like help you do that. And so he and my mom were like, should we try to do this? My mom's like a Navajo tapestry weaver. She's like a master Navajo weaver. And so she kind of wove rugs and like, we lived like rug to rug and she put him through pharmacy school. And so we ended up moving from the res to, but, before that, we had to go back to Phoenix to get his like undergrad done. And then we came to Tucson to do the, the pharmacy school. So it was like I'm kind of this weird. Amazing. Yeah, it was really fun. Like I loved growing up in Tucson because we grew up in this thing called Christopher City. It was dorms for families. So it was all just like single moms going to school and then like international families. And so growing up, and Tucson's like Arizona's so homogenous, but like I grew up with people from like every continent, all different types of people. Um, and so I really love. Tucson a lot. And so, yeah, th- that's how my dad, so sort of like a vagabond, weird artist lifestyle for the first like 12 years of my life. And then my dad got a job at Walgreens and it was just like full suburbs after that.
0: <laughs> it was like very weird. Was <laughs> just that, like Walgreens? Just like, Was well, just, that a like, wild I the change?
2: Oh yeah. Walgreens I was, like, and suburbs? I did not. I, I think like, cause I used to work at the Smithsonian. Worked at museums for many years, and like I could not handle like getting paid every two weeks. It like freaked me out because I was used to like my mom getting like a chunk of money and having to stretch it for months. And then once I got into TV writing, I was like, "This is way more comfortable." Like the stress right. of That's like, like <laughs> cancellation and like staffing season, feast all or that stuff, famine.
1: Yeah, it yes. totally feels better to me than than just like a <laughs> weekly paycheck. I I like freak out. That is. Makes a lot of sense. That yeah. makes a ton of sense. And now I'm starting to get a picture of where so many of the great ideas from Rutherford Falls come from. Your brilliant mind.
2: <laughs> You're so sweet. <laughs> well, it's co-created with me and Mike Sure and Ed Helms. Yes. Um, two fun unknowns. And myself. And then um, <laughs> and I... Um, But yeah, no, I mean, I grew up in museums. My mom, you know, demonstrated like at the British Museum and we lived in England for a couple months. Like I would always like befriend security guards and like run around the back hallways and stuff and like... She was an artist in residence at this museum called The Herd in Phoenix. And so
0: Oh, I know The Herd oh, museum. Oh, you you know The Herd. <laughs> you know I went to The Herd museum every year. Of course, you have to. <laughs> of course. <laughs> and so my brother
2: like learned to walk. He was like a baby in the Sandra Day O'Connor room. There was like this like stairwell. Oh, that's- Kind of amazing, and so so yeah. I grew up like around museum folks, and also like knowing what it's like to feel like an exhibit. And so I feel like I'm like uniquely prepared to to create the show and, and to write for it.
1: Right, right. If you haven't watched Rutherford Falls, I'm very excited for you all to watch the first season. I love a sitcom. You know, I I am a big fan of a sitcom, and I love a very funny, funny sitcom. But I always love if there's something extra to it, and I feel like Rutherford Falls is such a loving show.
0: For sure. Mm -hmm.
1: And you can tell that, well, the characters love each other for the most part. They have, like, Mm -hmm. wonderful friendships and uh, very honest, friendships and but you can tell that that's like an extension to of the love that everybody feels for each other behind the scenes and ed helms is such a great guy we had janish meeting on the podcast um i mean like we were really i felt so silly after that podcast because we were angling to become janice's best friend so hard now (laughs) 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 because we were like bonding over Willow, the movie willow the (laughs) the best (laughs) Our love of the movie Willow, and we were like trying to rope her into um, doing like a, a watch back party. Maybe we still will. Maybe. I don't know. We- she hasn't followed up, but she's been busy making Rutherford Falls. It sounds like she ghosted but- you. It sounds like you got ghosted by Jana. I don't want to yeah. say that about her. She can say that about herself to us, but I'm I'm holding out hope oh my God. that we can still have some type of Willow Film Festival. But um, yeah, just such a really great cast, and um, and it and it's really entertaining. And I always love like where does it where does Rutherford Falls like fictionally like where would it be in the country? We
2: say like the Northeast, so it's like an East yeah. Coast kind of show, and then um, and we have like. Some writers that are from, you know, that area, Mike sure is from Massachusetts and Connecticut. And so we kind of draw from everyone's experiences and stuff.
1: Um so it's not yeah. a specific state. That's we why th- that's why it's so cozy to me, because I'm from New England too. <laughs> yeah, it's like a very New England northeast kind of
2: vibe and stuff. I'm from I you know, said Arizona. So I've, you know, often deferred to people in terms of the experiences and stuff growing up. But yeah. I love, I love our show. I do think there's like a real warmth to it. I think like when native people are depicted on TV, it's usually like pretty tragic. Like a lot of times we've had a lot of actresses come up and be like, it's so nice to like be on a show and live like, this is so cool. Cause like usually like they don't really make it to the third act because like the white cop needs to solve a mystery and they're usually the victims Mm -hmm. of the show. And so, so it's crazy. Like um, this woman, Kimberly Guerrero, who I love, she played Winona on the um, episode of Seinfeld where he went on a date with a native woman. It's called Uh the cigar store, Indian. It's famous amongst Native Americans. I can tell not everyone knows it, but but she killed it on that episode and then didn't get to do comedy until we cast her as Terry's wife on our show. And she was like, this is so awesome just to be like a person and a mom and get to like turn jokes. And and so it's been really cool to see like a lot of actors who don't get as many opportunities to do comedy, like come in and just kind of kill it. It's been really, it's been really cool.
1: That's amazing. Well, there's two shows that I've been watching that are featuring Native characters and Native life, and that's Reservation Dogs and yeah. Rutherford Falls. And I know that Jana's been on both shows. But what is that like? Did you ever expect that to, to be the case, to have, like, Native-led shows? I mean, I think that was always, like, the dream. Like, people have talked about it for years.
2: You know, I worked in... um at the film and video center at the national museum of the American Indian. And so we've been programming films like native people have been making media since like the 1920s. We've been doing it for a very long time. And then we have like a long history of like, you know, storytelling We're like the original storytellers. So, so that love of storytelling has always existed. Um, But I think like we were all just sort of like something eventually is going to hit. Like I remember when um, Transparent came out and Pose came out, I looked up the population of trans people in the United States and it was like pretty comparable to Native people. And I was like, okay, like we're getting close. Like I can feel it. Like it's going to happen soon. I've been working in TV for for about 12 years um, and I've just sort of been waiting and waiting and kind of getting smarter and getting sharper. And it's been really, but I, you know, came up with People like Sterling Harjo, who sure runs Reservation Dogs and co-created it. And, you know, Sydney Freeland, who's directed so many amazing episodes of our show and Res Dogs. And it's just been, like, it's so cool to see all the people you kind of grew up with in this, like, native film industry um, all just hit and all get to make shows, like— I'm me and Sterling were talking and we're saying, like, it's crazy that our kids are just going to grow up with like native TV shows. Like, it's not even yeah. going to be something that to like hope for or wonder if it'll ever happen. Like, they just grow up with it. And so, I mean, it, and what's so cool is like all the shows are so different. So, like, they're all really good. They're all really critically acclaimed. And it's like not a surprise because we've worked so hard to be good at this, but it's yeah. also like they're all so different. And like, that's what I think is really cool.
1: Yeah, something for every fan of every type of totally.
2: And just that the people aren't like a monolith. Like we're we're not all gonna make the same thing, you know? Right. Yeah.
0: I think that's one thing that like, yeah, is always so important in I don't know, all of this, like in entertainment and trying to get like more people with more voices out into you know, like mainstream media. Because like you said, like there've been fil- filmmakers, you know, native filmmakers. There've been like, you know, people making things for a long time, but to get the opportunity on these major networks. I'm curious what your feeling is in terms of of that side of it, like the Hollywood film side of it. Like how are things shifting for, like, are you seeing, for you, like, in opportunities that you're having now, even though Rutherford Falls is still going and we hope it goes longer. Do you guys yes. know yet? Do you no, have... we don't know. We just premiered really like a week ago, so we have to wait the, like... Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh, my God. Congratulations. This is the you premiere. Did. Yes. Guys, I know. Sierra, <laughs> I don't watch anything. Please, when it's, it's I haven't even okay. Watched... I haven't watched the finale of Girls 5 Ever yet. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. <laughs> There's so like, much TV. Honestly, there was it's too much TV. There's some but shows like, like
2: Mira Sorvino and Courtney Cox that I did not know existed. I saw it on like a four-year consideration like thing, and I was I, like, "That you're looks informing like, me." That was like a fake show <laughs> from like thirty, like a fake thirty Rock show. Like I was like, "There's no way this is real. This
0: is like a typo." And then I looked it up, and it's been on for a while. <laughs> and I watched it for like, like 10 it's fourth season. That yeah. was what I said about the Chris Rock on Fargo yeah. being on Fargo. Chris, I was like, <laughs> so was I was like, did, thought did it, you know Chris Rock was on Fargo? And <laughs> and did I was you like, know that? Matt no, yeah. I did know that, but I've also never
2: seen an episode of Fargo, so it's like <laughs> me, me, neither those things, but it's just me, like, neither. That.
0: I auditioned for the second season of Fargo, and I was really bummed that I didn't get it, and then I never watched it, so yeah. <laughs> there's just too much well, wait yeah, but, but Mike, I guess my question is with all of that, okay, right, so there is too much, but it still feels like. There's underrepresentation. Oh, you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Like so, like, being, how do yeah. you, what are you feeling now in terms of like, do, do you feel like, like, it's the vibe that you get? Like, there are more people that are interested in like wanting to, you know, talk to you, listen to pitches, make movies, make shows with you.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think like there's more interest. I think that, you know, it's it's a, it's a weird thing where like there's more interest and it's an exciting time i think we're all sort of worried that this is going to be like a moment and not forever and we're all very focused right. on making sure it's forever. So like in our room, all the writers, but especially the native writers, we like, it was like a teaching hospital of like, this is how you run a show. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. So that they could like go on and run their own shows. Like, I think that's all of the, what, yes, that's what and, I was asking. And I think kind Sterling's of, the sorry. same way. I think Sydney's the same way. I think like you are really working hard to kind of close that gap so that the people who are coming up before you. So like I'm developing with one of the writers from Rutherford Falls this year. I want to like sell a show with them and another native comedian. Um, I really want to like keep this going and keep that momentum going. And so to mm-hmm. me, that's like that's the the main thing. And then in terms of it being like a mainstream thing, I think I think that like a lot of times you can get pigeonholed and sort of like, we're gonna reboot XYZ show from the nineties, but with Polynesians or like, but mm-hmm. with Native Americans, or but with you know what right. I mean? And so like that has been like sort of a weird position we've been in, or there's like so much um like I've been offered the same reboot like five times from five different people. I won't say which show it is, but it's like – and there's like no way. They're like, but from a Native perspective. And I'm like, it's set in the 1700s. And there's no way to do it from a Native perspective without it getting it like – work. Without it being like dark. It's not going to be like a family-friendly right. like ABC family like show. It's going to be like genocide. And they're like, or like – but like prairie skirts. And you're like, no, dude, we can't like – there's no way oh. to do that. So sometimes it's like one of those things where like the things that they're offering you, you have to be like, yeah, it's impossible. Or at least I don't want to do it. I don't want to spend the mental energy doing that. I just want to tell my own stories or tell my own things. So that can right. be kind of difficult. But I do think like the interest is palpable. Like it's it's better, but like a lot of people are like, we did it, guys. And I'm like, no, 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 we did not do it yet. Like we're in the middle of it. We're still like trying to to get so many people in and get so many people opportunities.
1: Right. We just need to keep it going. I have a friend who's a a Native American writer, and she's, like, won so many awards for her writing. She's a really beautiful writer, and she's moving into the TV space, and people are so interested in her, and the comment that she keeps getting is, we'd want to pair you with a Native showrunner, and there aren't that many, and they're all working on something at this moment, which I'm like, well, that's good, but also the fact that there aren't any that you can refer her to that's your fault networks
2: you know like yeah i mean <laughs> it's one of those weird things where like if you're a white guy and you make a short at sundance that does well you can get like a jurassic park movie but right. like if you are a mar- from a marginalized community and you've worked a lot you could be like co-ep level you could be supervised and producer level and like you don't get the same like benefit of the doubt i feel as like some people who just kind of show up You have to establish
1: some track record to prove. You have to establish
2: some track record. And I also kind of wish there was, like, a list of, like, approved, like, non-Native people. Because, like, there are people I've developed with that where I was like, you you should work with this person or you should work with that person. And, like, that, where they really advocate for the writer and they want, it's just such a crapshoot. It's like an arranged marriage where once you get assigned a a showrunner, and even if they were Native, like, it's hard to, like, that, that sort of like arranged marriage situation can be so difficult. But it's yeah. like such bullshit to be like, oh, there's only a few native showrunners. And if they're busy, because of course we're going to be busy, then that's like all the right. reason to like throw up your hands. And it's like, no, you don't do that for other people. So the benefit right. of the doubt thing mean, is like so frustrating.
0: Yeah. I was going to say, but you've, I mean, you've obviously you worked with Mike, sure. On what Brooklyn Nine Nine? What do you? I worked with on? Mike on Brooklyn Nine no.
2: Nine, and then I developed Ed. Yeah. But I've been the showrunner both seasons because I've worked in TV forever. So we co-created right. the show. He was, you know, like in the same way, like on Brooklyn, he was working with Dan Gore. It's it's right. a collaboration, but I'm I'm the showrunner,
0: which is fucking great. But it's a fun job. Well, you're is busy that, and
1: you can't help. my friend. I think friend. that like
0: no, <laughs> no I, can't. I mean I think I feel like I feel like. Yeah, I mean. Although is she at Universal, <laughs> <laughs> maybe. I mean, honestly, why not? Look at, like, look at like how many shows dudes do. It's That's true. Also, by thing. the way. Also, by the way, um, because how many episodes do you guys do? Eight. We do. We did eight this year. Yeah, because Peacock's only eight episodes. It's like essentially like you're not working. I mean, you you know. I know. We all joke working. that busy's
1: job is part time.
2: <laughs> yeah. It's not really. I feel like I've worked so hard on the promotion of the show. Uh huh. Like I yeah. just finished. So, like, we, we stopped making it in February. I feel like we stopped editing it in March. But, like, March to right. now, I've been like carrying my tired wares around town and like. <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> like, that's true just filibustering true for the show
0: so like right it, but like I don't get paid for that no, you don't get paid neither. for that yeah it's we all, don't get paid to promote the shows if anything like, we're paying so to just, promote the show
2: we're like paying publicists and
0: like we're actually I know, especially spending because, our own money yeah we are that's true and
1: your time
0: kind of, I'm like it's kind of fucked up <laughs> <laughs> like I'm kind of not down with that <laughs> like I will say this like
2: the benefit of being though on like Peacock, which is like a brand new network, is I feel like we're all, like we're all underdogs together. Like we're all like working mm-hmm. like crazy as a team, which is nice. Like I've had, I'm there's like certain networks I think like that are like legacy that are such machines that like I don't feel totally. a part of it. And because a lot of the stuff has to be native specific, what I do like about like especially our publicity team, who I think is amazing, is like you can give notes on stuff, and I feel like it's not going up seventeen chains. Like, mm-hmm. you feel like you're a part of it. And that is nice. Like, I would be very afraid to be a part of something that I didn't have as much control over. Just because the quality control of the Native stuff, you want to make sure it's not lame, that we don't look lame. Because we've looked lame for so long. <laughs> that, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, like, been done badly so often that, like, what I do yes. love is, like, everyone is, like, hungry to do it right on our team. And that's, like, really
0: nice. Well, I love that, too. That's true. That's, so I guess I is. can deal with having to pay my stylist.
1: <laughs> well, you don't want people who watch you on Seth to be like
0: That's that. The lady thing needs to
1: calm down, and she needs a belt. But it's actually
2: been cool too because there's so many, especially like the reservation dog kids, like like and Jana. I would say like the, we are all promoting like all these new like native designers, native jewelry makers. Like not just on the show, but like all these red carpet walks is like an opportunity for us to kind of hype different native artists, and that has been really awesome to say. Like, that's really cool. Yeah, when you answer, what are you wearing, and you get to say all these different native like designers, it's it's a great feeling.
1: Yeah, That's I, love, I love that. Um, I love looking at Jana's Instagram and amazing. all the designers that, and the beaded jewelry that she often features. Somebody did, um, somebody that we know who does beading. I think it's a TV writer who Daisy does beading. Dungy. Daisy Dungy. Daisy, Dungy. Daisy, Dungy. Daisy Dungy. Yeah. Is she the one that made the Prince earrings? And like mm-hmm. thousands of people sent those to me and were like, you have to see these. And they were amazing. And I was delighted to see it every yeah. single time someone she sent wrote, it to me.
2: She wrote on season two of Rutherford Falls and she's amazing. She's like And she wrote on Girls Five. And she wrote on Girls And she weirdly, is the best. But like, I so just many...
0: had a script. I just was <laughs> like, I just moved out of the way. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 104. Hey. Written it's good. by A.Z. Dungy. She's the And Anna Dresden.
2: But so many of our writers are beaters and and quill cool, quill cool workers. And it's been like it like I always say I would have hired Jana based on her beadwork. Like if that was my sample, yeah. like I would have like 100% hired her. Wait, off but of that.
0: so you so your mom was an uh, a weaver. She is. A yeah. Navajo weaver. She is still. Yes. And you weave too, yeah? I do. Yeah. I weave oh, less now, so but I exciting. weave more
2: um I wove more when I was like in my 20s.
0: Do you do, do you love it?
2: I do love like- it. <laughs> It's weird. It's like something you grew up doing. So, like, I never knew it was like a special thing to know how to do until, like, we'd go to like a museum or something and there'd be like giant pictures of my mom's name places and stuff. Yeah. But, um, but no, I love weaving. It's very meditative. Um, and it like allowed me during the summers to like watch a lot of television because my mom's rule is like as long as you're weaving, you can watch as much TV as you want. And so I would just weave all day and watch TV until then. We were like binge watching before that was a thing. And then my son is, um, is getting older to the point where he can probably start learning. And so I think we're going to... How tend. old is he? He's six. Oh, okay. Uh, and so...
0: I bought like some weaving things online because I wanted to learn how to... Do it, and I never, I never.
2: <laughs> well, my mom teaches weaving classes. Her and her sister—they wrote this book on weaving, and um, and they they've written two books on weaving, and now teach classes. They're up in Otowild, California, right now, teaching at the school. Oh, at so, the camp, mm-hmm. At camp. Yeah, there's like adult camp the arts camp, and they teach the adult arts camp. So, oh, that's what? awesome. There's
0: an adult camp. I want to go to camp. What yeah, you there's like about?
2: a, there's like a kid's camp during the summer, yes. but then there's also like adults. So like adults Excuse can learn me? like silversmithing and pottery and wood I'm carving sorry, and
0: weaving. You got to come up. <laughs> Excuse like, me. How the fuck do I not know about this? I, I, I want
2: know. to go to camp. Get on it. You like spend the night there and it's like <sighs> one week or two weeks, but they have this whole crew of like older women who just adore them. They're like rock stars up there. Wait, like
0: Sierra. This She's, is going to sound weird. Okay. If we did a camp, <laughs> me and Casey, okay. like put together a camp yeah. with our the people that listen to our podcast, like a weekend, mm-hmm. would you come and teach me how to weave? My mom would. My mom and aunt definitely would. But they've would been, you just come and hang out?
2: I'll though? come and hang out. I'll, come and, I'll <laughs> okay. take the class because I could stand to have a refresher. But yeah, no, they've definitely done like they do in-person classes or like um, one-on-ones and stuff like that too.
1: Oh, that is really... It's amazing. Cool. I've never gone to a camp before. Like, all of... when Growing up, like, all of the kids around me went to camp, and it's yeah. such a lifelong dream to, like, attend a camp that I also think I would probably hate after two days, like, sleeping in a cabin. But, <laughs> <laughs> I, but like, I would like the classes. Yes, of course.
2: I went to Christian camp one year because I'm not Christian, but my friend was, and she was like, come with me. And I was, like, kind of searching, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, and I was like... I had to ask all these questions because they're like, does anyone have any questions? And then we can go swim in this Olympic sized pool. And I was like the only one with questions. And they finally were like, "Sarah, just say you love Jesus so we can go swimming.
1: And I'm like, no, I have like, oh. real questions
2: about like mortality. And they're like, we just want to go swimming. Just say you love Jesus. I'm like, oh, fine. It was not a great week for me, but it was beautiful.
1: <laughs> they were all in it for the activities, but you were actually, I was like searching my soul the- theology wise. Theology styles, and
2: they were like, "We don't care." <laughs> I was like, "Okay, cool."
0: I oh, like, I gosh. never. Well, my my camp tales are well documented, but <laughs> I never, I never successfully went to sleepaway camp. Why not? So, because I was a mess, and I tried two <laughs> times. The first time, the three days before I was leaving for camp, I fell off of a skateboard oh. and dislocated my knee and cracked it in half, half mm. and had to have emergency surgery. And then they... My mom convinced the camp to, like, they rolled the tuition over to the next year because it was, like, a lot of money for my mom, like, my parents to spend on, you know, to send me yeah. to sleepaway camp because sleepaway camp is expensive. It's expensive. It um, and then um, the following year, uh, I got mono. And, but my mom was so pissed that they sent me anyway. (laughs) Like they sent me to camp with mono, but they didn't know I had mono. They just thought I was like sick, but I was real Real fucking sick. sick. And so I spent just a week, one week in the infirmary (laughs) at the camp. And then they just sent me home.
2: Did you get there and they're like, this girl has mono? Or was it like a mystery for a couple days? I got there,
0: I was... I don't know how to describe to you how sick I was. I was so ill. And like I couldn't – like my, and my, my mom had taken me to the doctor like the day before we were leaving. I was supposed to leave for camp. And the doctor was like, this doesn't look good, but, you know, I don't know what it is. We'll, we'll do the mono test. We'll get it back in several days. I did a strep test. It wasn't strep. And I think my mom was like, "Well, since it's not strep, it's probably just a cold." Right. And I don't know. My mom just made me go because she was so mad. Like I don't know, whatever. And it wasn't. I mean, she wasn't mad at me. She was just like the situation, the situation, the yeah. situation. She was planning, right. Any, just roll the dice. Any
1: parent who's been planning to get rid of their kid for two weeks, yes, and has been looking forward to it, would feel similarly.
2: This is like the hell oh, right it- now of like COVID where your kid, God bless, like does not have COVID, but they have some sort of sniffle and you just have to pull them. And they're like, we'll see you in five days. And like, I'm glad they do it because I think it's the right thing to do. However, it is just like
0: your week is gone. Like there's nothing you can nope. do about it. And it's like... There's nothing to be done. <laughs> it's insane. It's insane. Also, also like... My We did get COVID finally after two years. Everybody in my house, my kids got it. Like, but because COVID, like any other illness, doesn't hit everyone at the the same same time. time. Yes. So we were literally like, my kids couldn't go back to school until everyone was all clear. These children were out of school for like three and a half weeks or something. Right. Because... I think Birdie, I mean, school's been out for a few days now. I think Birdie still owes some projects. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh, like, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, in, it's intense. It's intense. It's a lot. Yeah. Well,
1: Sierra, on this podcast, we yes. like to ask our guests, because the reason we started this podcast is because it was like a pivot moment for Busy and I. We had our TV show. Mm-hmm. And it was canceled. Mm-hmm. And then we mm-hmm. had another thing that we were trying to do. And then the pandemic happened. And we were just pivoting, constantly pivoting Mm -hmm. to like a new plan. And so we love to ask our guests, like, uh, to share a pivot story, like a time in Mm -hmm. your life. It's I mean, we've kind of already talked about some pivots that you've had. But just a time in your life where you thought you were gonna go one way, and then something happened. And you went unexpected way for whatever reason your decision someone else's decision fate's decision and -hmm. just like how that all went you got one?
2: Yeah I think so Um, well like my parents are sort of like no net people they just kind of roll the dice and do it like my dad's never made a hotel reservation he just like shows up places and drives around and like checks in places it's enraging but it's also kind of (laughs) just like how we were always raised And we ended up spending the night in cars a bunch, but um, and so when I was a kid, (laughs)
0: it's
2: pretty cool. (laughs) Uh, When I was a kid, my mom and my um, my mom and my dad got invited to go to the British Museum, and it was part of this like huge exhibit uh, called. It was like the Americas Festival. It was like all the art of the Americas. It was like quilt making and jazz and and like Native art. And so we went there. I want to say like a month. And we ended up um, we were on a kid show. This is a very long story. Anyway, we were on a kid show uh, to promote the exhibit, and these people who were making an Al Pacino movie called Revolution called, and they were like, "We need native background actors. Can you be um, in this movie?" And we were like, "We're leaving in a couple weeks, and I'm like we'll put you up in a hotel so you can stay because they needed like actual native people." So we ended up staying and my brother is named Michael after Michael Corleone. So he, like the fact that like we were going to meet Al Pacino was like a huge deal and we had to like meet him and and we were to this like incredible like movie studio where like there was a giant cave that was made of styrofoam and I just thought it was the coolest thing. I'd like never been on a film set before anything. So anyway, we go back to my res and my dad was like, we got to make a big swing. Like we got to get out of here. We need to like, we can't stay here Um, just because of the time. We were living like three families in one house. Like there's like families who live on the res and, you know, have like nice lives and great lives and great jobs. We were not one of those people. We were living like three families in one house. And my dad's like, we got to make a big swing. And so my mom and my aunt ended up weaving this giant rug. Um, They called it the big rug. It it took them two years to weave. Uh, Four years total. They fought for two years. So total it took them four years to weave. And it won best of show at the Santa Fe Indian Market. It was like the first time in the history of that market that a textile had won, and it was like a huge move for us. We they sold it for sixty thousand dollars, which in the late eighties was like this insane amount of money. Like really yes. so changed our life. It's what helped my dad get into college. It's what had us move back to Arizona. And so anyway, I always like remembered that and just like the bravery it took for them to kind of like bet big on themselves. And so. I was working at the National Museum of the American Indian. Um, It was a Smithsonian job. And you met people there who worked there for like 30 years. Like They they love that museum work. They really believe in the work that they're doing. Um, But my job position was one where I'd sort of Hit the ceiling on what I was gonna do. So unless like someone died or retired, I was never gonna move up. And the only way to kind of move up in the and the Smithsonian is to like go to a different Smithsonian museum and then come back, which I didn't right. want to do because I was working <laughs> That's I was, like so weird. I wanted to work at air and space. Like I wanted to like, it was the Native American part that I loved more than the museum part. And so right. I didn't know what to do. And I was like really um kind of stagnating and I also felt bad because I was like if I keep doing a bad job here no one will ever notice but there's like a native person who could have had this job who could have you know really loved it and and was excited by it and so I was just watching Hulu a bunch um at my desk and I would just watch it all day long (laughs) it was like Hulu had just come out so I was watching like 30 Rock and Community and I really wanted to write for television and they were offering these classes for native writers um to come out to Santa Fe and learn how to write for television. So I wrote like a really bad 30 Rock. It was like a Halloween episode. It was 22 pages because I'd read it was like a minute a page. So it was like 10 pages shorter than like most samples are supposed to be. It was really bad, but I got in and wrote a better sample and then came back and applied for like every program I could think of. And I got into this program for Latino writers, but it was in LA. They would like pay to have you live in LA for like three months. And so I was like, well, I was like, my parents made a big swing back when, like, they were the same age that I was. And I was like, and I don't have any kids like they did. I don't have, like, a mortgage. I had a very nice boyfriend that I broke up with. And I put all my shit in storage. And I quit my job that day. That's, like, the day I got it. And then I came out to L.A. And then I've been here ever since. I had to, like, come (gasps) back to, I got into a different program, the Disney program. And I had to Go back to D.C. My friend Melissa Bazzani and I drove cross-country. And it was cool because we got to meet all these Native filmmakers whose films we programmed because they, they we befriended them. We did this, like, awesome Native filmmaker tour of the United States. And then I showed up in L.A. And then, like, six months later, I got placed on a show called Happy Endings, which was my first TV show. And that was in 2010. We know Happy Endings. Heck yeah, baby. And then I got to stay. But I, it was, like, one of those things where, like, it was a huge swing and I kind of come from people who made huge swings and it and it worked out in like a real, a real way.
1: I love that. And I love that it like well, I I think that it's really interesting, right? Because we talk also a lot about the guilt we feel sometimes in like mm-hmm. the decisions that we make as parents and like just making decisions about our careers and mm-hmm. and things like that. So I love hearing a story of like when you were a kid and you're Your parents really decided, like, this is something that we want to do, not just career-wise, but just, like, life-wise, like, kind of taking a big swing, as you said, and, like, in something that you're good at and something that you're passionate about, leading to something else that someone else was good at, like, giving your, your dad an opportunity. So that's, like, really reaffirming to me about all the times when I felt like oh gosh like is me devoting my attention and my effort to this the best thing for my family and like sometimes it might not be in that moment it might not feel like it but sometimes like it really really pays off and it sounds like well you said it changed your it changed all of your lives that's amazing
2: and sometimes you don't realize like the big decisions you're making is like not just setting the scene for your kid's life but also you're like setting an example like you're like sort of like mimicking something that they know is normal, if that makes any sense. right?
0: Yeah. And it's right. like a of good course. feeling for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's like, you know, I learned it by watching you. Yeah. It can be a good yeah. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it's a positive thing. Exactly. Right. And I just feel like, you know, th- your kids do. They're watching. They're constantly watching. And that's awesome. I love it. Do your parents Where do you, know that? Like, yeah, yeah. Have you said that? Have you told them this?
2: Oh yeah, version. I mean, we, they exact, know. We they know. I mean, I think sometimes it's harder. My dad has been in recovery for many years, and I think it's harder for him to really like, like absorb all the good stuff that he did. But it was actually kind of nice because, like, because uh, like my mm. mom is like so famous and so well-known and like she can really work a room and, you know, she comes from an art background and I think he kind of gives her a lot of the credit for my career, but it was really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, when we had our premiere, Ed said really kind things um, as we were introducing the show. But one of the things he talked about was my kindness. He was like, she's got a lot going on for her, but the big thing that you don't often see in Hollywood is like, she's very kind. And my dad did like, not to credit for her, but he was like, okay, that was a huge part of me. Like, when I raised you, I wanted you to be kind. And he was like, it was such a huge, like, feather in his cap that, like, someone called that out in such a public way. And it was a really, like, lovely moment from for my dad, weirdly. So, yeah, I think they're starting, especially as they've gotten older, to kind of, like, connect the dots more.
1: I love that. I uh, love that, that. I, love that. I yeah. love that. And then what about, I know your son is little, but what is, does he like have an awareness of what you do? Does he even get cool? He does. He
2: does. He really, it's hard because with COVID, you can't have them come to set or ha- come to the right. office. I know. So he kind of has so no sad. idea what what we do. And so, you know, we FaceTime a lot and kind of show him around set. Um, and then I'm constantly working. <laughs> so he's very aware that, like, Mom is very busy. But he's seen some episodes, or what's weird is Ed is the voice of, like, Captain Underpants and on a, b- a bunch of other anime <laughs> shows. So I'll yeah. be like, I'm friends with Captain Underpants. And he's like, no, you're not. I'm like, yeah, I am. And he's, like, very <laughs> impressed by that. So, so that's been kind of helping him to understand, you know, this is how this stuff gets made. But it's it's slower for him, I think, because he's little.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Uh, I think it's weird for kids to I have an imagine. understanding yeah. unless they're around it. Like Birdie always has really understood it because from the time when Bird was a year old, they are on the set of Cougar Town like right. every single day. And Cricket just did not have that same experience and yeah. continues to not have that same experience and continues to not have – a full understanding of a, what it is that I do or B like how it all gets made, like how everything happens, you know? Yeah. It's also
2: gotta be such a, like a mind fuck for your kids too, because like they see you on screen. Like no one sees me. I'm like behind the camera. So I think it's almost like easier to understand where it's like, you know, you as your mom and now you're seeing this character on TV. It's gotta be like a weird. They don't
1: like it. They don't like it. I would
2: imagine. So it's gotta be very (laughs) difficult.
1: (laughs) My kids went to daycare at the Rosie O'Donnell show, and so they were always on set. So, like, I think they had, well, my older son particularly, my younger son was really little. So I think it was so weird for my older son because he'd be like, I know Mr. Rogers. Like, yeah, I know Mr. Rogers (laughs) or whatever. And, like, I remember one time where he was, like, came over to me and he was like, those kids are saying I don't know Beyonce. And I was like, (laughs) "Mm, he does actually know her a little bit. Like, I've hung out a little bit. (laughs) But just a weird, like, I think to him, he wasn't, like, name-dropping, He, you know, like, you, like we would now, but he was, to him, he was like, yeah, I know those people, I've hung out with those people, and it was so weird <laughs> for him, because he thought, like, everyone knows Mr. Rogers, everyone has, like, hung out and, you know, helped Beyonce and Destiny's Child rehearse a song, everyone does that, That's but so Destiny's funny. Child just happened to be obsessed with the kids in the nursery, so they would always... Bring them around, have them hang out at their rehearsals. No big deal. It. No big no deal. No big guys. deal. I know. I mean, this is, this was an exciting moment for me. I've told this on the podcast before, but it bears repeating. I went to go get my son from the daycare to like, take him to lunch and they said oh destiny's child is on the show today so they took the kids down to the studio and there and so I went and uh down to the studio and they weren't like she wasn't beyonce that it was destiny's child you know I mean, she like was it always was always beyonce but yes, yeah yeah okay. <laughs> exactly but it's not nearly as famous as they as they all are now but um I went into the studio and beyonce was had my son on her hip and she said oh there's your mom tell your mom tell your mom what I taught you to say and he he said, "Beyonce is my fiance." <laughs> and then I was like, "This will be very cool." In twenty years, we'll still be dining on those fumes. Oh my god! Anyway. I love her so much. Anyway, I know the new song. I'm very excited.
0: I know it's great. <laughs> you guys, I haven't listened to it yet. You have to listen to it. It will obviously, a few obviously. Minutes. I know, but I just haven't had time. Oh my gosh! I went like. I went like right before it was open, open, nope, uploaded, uploaded, released, released. Sometimes my brain is not working great. But anyway, and then I was just like, well, I'll get, I'll come back. You know, like I did, it wasn't available. Yes. And it wasn't even like popping because, and then I was like, "Well, can you only get it on title?" I was confused. Yeah. All right, I'm it was gonna get sent it right to me now. at 11 p.m. and I listened to it immediately. I was like so excited. <laughs> well, I, I actually her, obviously need a friend like your friend who sent it to you <laughs> because no Still. one did that for me. Um. Well, Sierra, we love you. <laughs> Thank you, you for talking with us. And I mean, honestly, guys. Just get into it. Watch yeah. Rutherford Falls. Wait, so you're doing, did they release the first three or just no. one? No, so we're all, we're all a binge. So all
2: eight episodes of season two are, are dropped, all eight. episodes. Oh my God, amazing. Of, yeah, it's, it's a fun binge. Some people have been watching it like three or four times, which makes me so happy because it goes pretty fast. Um, but really, it's all about the first 60 days. So please watch it. Please watch something else after it ends, like whatever it suggests. Just watch like 10 minutes of that. Um, just to to (laughs) freaking trick this goddamn algorithm so I can keep making the show. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm so excited. It's a great, it's like, I know what it's like to make TV that gets canceled. And like, this is really, really good television. Although I will say a lot of television I made that was canceled was also really
0: good. But, um. I know that's the thing so frequently. It's so hard. It's so hard. Like the good shows go. Did you ever see the show
2: Detroiters? It was like yeah, Tim Robinson. I loved it. That show was so freaking good, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to run for ten years." And then it got canceled after two seasons. And I was like, "And like all the people on that show are famous now, like Amber Ruffin, like Tim Robinson, all of them." And it's like crazy to me. So you Sam just Richardson. never know.
0: But isn't wasn't Sam Richardson? Sam Richardson. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like a Hello. huge star.
2: It's crazy, yeah. but so I'm holding out deep hope for our show. I love it so much. It's but it's a like I'm so proud of the season. It feels so
1: good. You should done. be proud of it. It's such a warm and funny show, and you know. And if you don't know a lot about some of the subjects that are talked about on the show, it's educational too. So, which is yeah. which is great. And it's really funny. I love Ed Helms so much. I love okay. Michael Eyes so much. Um, the whole cast is wonderful, and it's just like it's a real treat. So, if you haven't seen season one of Rutherford Falls yet, I envy you. You can get into. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) it and then make sure you watch season two multiple times in the next (laughs) 60 days (laughs) multiple times you know what I like to do I like to put on an episode when I'm like no I'm going to be going to sleep in a little while (laughs) and then I just fall asleep and let that fucker run all night (laughs) all night long wake up to it wake up to it and uh you know and then the algorithm knows that someone was very into it
0: Hell yeah! Well, we are very into it, and I love exactly. that we're both from Arizona. I love that too. I don't know how. I do and I love, love that. that. I know. Yeah. All right, Sierra, we will let
1: you get back to your day, and uh, I guess we'll keep you posted on what's happening with the Willow Festival. If oh, it, please if let me know. Ever, I've got my coffee ready. Ever hear it's back be b- about at it. Camp.
0: We're gonna do it at camp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna do oh, it. At there the we busy go. Camp. <laughs> camp busy. Obviously. Busy.
2: Oh my god, I can see the t-shirts already and like the wood. Font. Yes.
0: It's going to be great. Yes. I love it. <laughs> so i always wanted to do it. <laughs> Sierra, um, it's so good to see you. So your face. great to see you. So great to see you. Thanks, Thank guys. you for joining us. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Athletic Greens.
1: AG1 Athletic Greens is like, they have supported this podcast for so long, but they have also supported disease and my
0: health for so long. Yes. Listen, you guys, this is a product that we use literally every day. It's 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced, superfoods, probiotics, adaptogens. And it's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. And honestly, it's just like I had one of those things where I was taking 47 different supplements and minerals and all kinds of things and just doing a scoop of AG one in either a smoothie or just like in my water, just water daily has, you know, taken the place of, you know, like a kind of exhausting, like pill routine. (laughs) Um, It's recommended by professional athletes. And leading health experts, but also just us, guys. We just really (laughs) like it. It's good. We like it. And it tastes good. Yes, it does. Um, Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the summer. You want to be out there. You want to, like, not be getting sick. If you're traveling, one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different little pills and supplements to try to figure out how to take and to look out for your health. AG1 has it all. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Oh, my God. Again... It's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Athleticgreens.com slash busy. Helix. Oh my God. I love Helix. We love Helix. I love Helix. Helix, we love you. Helix. <laughs> Helix. Um, so listen, we love Helix because you take this quiz, right? It's two minutes to go through it and it matches your body type and the way that you like to sleep to the perfect mattress for you. They're like, oh, everyone's unique. We have many different mattress models to choose from. Soft, medium, firm, plus size mattresses. Cooling down mattresses. If you sleep hot, yeah. Yeah, if if you're sleeping hot. And all you do is answer some questions and they're like, probably this mattress is the one for you. Yeah. You take that quiz, order the mattress they match you to. The mattress comes shipped to your door for free. You're never going to a mattress store again, guys. Right. No one wants that.
1: Right. I was so happy to be matched with a mattress for somebody who moves around all night because I'm a side sleeper and a stomach sleeper and a back sleeper. And people always want you to just be one of those things that I'm not. You contain not. multitudes. You
0: contain multitudes. And so
1: I took the Helix quiz and it set me up with the right mattress for
0: somebody who just can't stay still during the night. Also, they have a 10-year warranty and you can try it out for a hundred nights risk-free. They will even come and pick it up from you if you don't love it, but you're gonna love it. I promise you will love your Helix mattress. You guys, we love them so much. We both have been sleeping so well on our Helix mattresses for quite some time. It's time for you to get in on the action. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com. Com slash best. That's $200 off of all mattress orders and two free pillows for you at helixsleep.com slash best. Get into it. She's a delight.
1: She is a delight. It really is a really good and really fun show. And since you're already on there, already on Peacock watching Girls5eva... Check out Rutherford Falls as well. Hmm. How are you feeling? Right before we started the podcast, Busy called me to ask if she should eat some turkey that was in her fridge that was like a couple days past the expiration date, and I
0: said yes. But I just want to make sure you're still okay. Oh, yeah, I'm fine. It feels fine. It feels fine? Yeah. I mean, like, literally, you know, you know my stomach. My stomach's... Uh so wild because it's like I eat expired turkey and I'm fine. And then it's like you never know. You just never know. And then I eat some other random thing. Yeah. But I just want to make sure you're not having any turkey troubles. I don't, I'm not having turkey troubles. Okay. I am not having turkey troubles. I'm having other troubles, but I'm okay. I don't know. I'm not like... It's weird. I know you were, I don't want to take your uh, not looking forward to your birthday thunder. I'm really, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I don't want to be well, like, oh, Casey. I it's just it's it's hit me like in the weirdest way because it's like not like me. Like I'm like very much a birthday bitch and um and it's the summer solstice, happy summer solstice. Yeah. You know, today, so yesterday. And uh yeah, and there's just like it's all hap it's all happening. But I'm just not feeling I don't know. I I feel like there's just a lot going on and like I'm just dealing I just feel like I'm dealing with a lot and like it's just um I'm having a hard time. Like I'm just having I'm having I'm having a difficult time.
1: You're not feeling dealing. your
0: normal birthday self. Well, I just there's nothing. I mean, I there are no plans. I have no plans, you know. like right. I don't even remember. What did I do last year? I don't remember. Did I do anything? I don't remember. I don't remember what you did. Yeah, I don't remember It ever. was like COVID-y. Did you go? Were you in It South was COVID. Carolina? I think actually we were in South Carolina. Yeah. yeah I think okay. that makes sense. Probably. Yeah. Oh, no. We were here. Oh, did you have people to mm-hmm. your... Please? No, I think I just went upstate. I went upstate for a couple of okay. days. Okay,
1: all right. Um, well, whatever. if you could, if you could do anything, like if you look in your in your mind's eye, what would you do? I don't anything? know.
0: Anything? Anything? No, I don't know. That's what I'm saying. That's why it's yeah. so weird. It feels weird. I'm just like, really? yeah, I don't know.
1: Well, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's like you don't have to do anything on your exact birthday. Maybe you can just celebrate it when you think of what you want to do or you can do a bunch of like small celebratory things i don't know you weren't asking for my advice and here i am giving you advice
0: that's not it i mean no i've been wanting to do pottery recently okay this is on the list all right um i used to do i did pottery in college yeah um You know, my mom. It was this semester, my second semester, sophomore year, my last semester of college. Um, and my mom always would call it my eleven thousand dollar ceramics class because it was the only class I really completed <sighs> that semester. Because I, it was the, it was when I got the pilot for Freaks and Geeks, and I right. went and shot the pilot, and right. I had so many auditions and callbacks. It was pilot season, which used to be a thing that existed, and uh, and so I just totally ditched out on like most of my classes with the exception of ceramics because I really loved it and I was good at it. But anyway, like I've had this like desire to do it recently and I was thinking about looking into getting like a pottery wheel for the balcony out there, but they're so expensive. They are expensive. yeah, Yeah. And it feels like that's not the vibe for me. Like in this moment. So I don't that's probably not gonna happen, but I can but I still am like you know, still wanna do it. And then I think I mean I could probably find some places that have like studios that you can yeah. like go in. When you come and do. here,
1: maybe you maybe you can connect with Seth Rogan and he'll do some pottery with you.
0: I don't know, his skills seem he's like a intense. big pottery
1: star now.
0: Yeah i like all those things like see i'm like impressed by sears weaving abilities like i like shit like that you know like is that my phone ringing? yeah it's michelle williams no. michelle no i can't <laughs> um but you know like i've always liked that stuff and like i like doing those kinds of things but wait have you ever watched <sighs> the great pottery throwdown no, but we've talked about it on this show before because you like it so much. I know. And I'm supposed you to watch it. I get, I get it. it. Maybe that's what I want to do for my birthday. Maybe I just want to like watch sit the in this great. fucking Casa Kismet by myself and like watch Pottery Showdown. The
1: guy on the Pottery <laughs> Showdown, he's like a big, a big, like tough seeming English guy. Is he English? Yeah. And he cries all the time. You're going to
0: love it. You're going to love him. I'm, I feel him. I feel him deeply. Um, but I've just been having, like, I just like there's just a lot. Like, a lot of shit. Like, it just feels like, ugh. It's a weird time. I don't know. It is a weird time. And it just, and, it, and it's, and I have, so, and there's so many things. And then, at the same time, there's so many things that I'm, like, feeling a bit, like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Oh, but you know what I did do this morning? What'd you do? I did, uh... Pull together the stuff for the Poshmark sale. Oh, great. And I pulled and then and like it was already mostly in boxes in the basement yeah. of the townhouse, but I um went through them, separated some things out. Here's what I want to say, guys. I took the note from last time and I'm and I'm not gonna put so many of the like expensive high-ender things in there. Okay. I feel like people were just, like, a little bit like, I don't need to buy a Ghani dress. Do you know what I mean?
1: Right. Yeah, because, well, especially right now, where is there to wear anything like that? And also, like, you know, we got a lot but of that shit, I Target can go- shoppers.
0: Yeah, but I can that sell that shit with. at the real real or whatever. Yeah, right. Yeah. Like they'll just take that stuff. Yeah, and that's fine. And I don't, you know, I want to like. It's so funny because, like, I think about it. Like, I think about the people, the people who listen to this podcast, the people who love you and me, and I'm like, I want to make them happy with the stuff that I have. Like I literally was like going through it and I was like, I mean, this dress is so cute. This Madewell dress and like the stuff that sold the best was the stuff that was like that, like the cute, cute ass Madewell shit, the like yes. cute J. Crew stuff. And yes. I have some really cute like Kate Spade stuff. And yeah, I'm just like, so I pulled, so I just sort of like sorted it. And I'm not going to lie, there did end up being like a giant pile of things that aren't going away now.
1: (laughs) Well, that always happens with you. You know what I was going to say you could put in there, though, too? I don't know. Hmm. Is this controversial or not? I was going to say you could put merch samples. Old merch. Summer sends us like
0: samples of things that we're trying. And then sometimes like we make
1: a little change to it.
0: Here's the other thing that I could put in there. Because we somehow over or- summer made the girls' five Eva um, crew gifts for yeah. us, and we somehow made like 200 extra. <laughs> like, we <laughs> fucking miscounted or something, like something happened. And I just have them sitting in my closet, and I feel like we could I, why couldn't I sell those? Would yeah. you guys want them They're really cute Maybe Just put them up For like You know I think A reasonable we could put cost Yeah I think we could put them up I mean Sarah and I Like And Paula And Renee Like we already bought them You know what right. I mean Like we already paid Summer for them So like We can just I could also ask the girls If they would mind Like instead of like Giving them money back Yeah We could just donate All that money to something Yeah I think that's. I, would I could buy let one Paula. Of those. I could. I could let Paula pick. Oh my god, they're so cute. You know what they are? Have we ever done a onesie,
1: like a like a sweatsuit onesie? Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> wait, but no, but you made me think of Eric Gurion's
0: baby baby onesie. onesie. that was hilarious, yes. <laughs> and that did not. That was insane. wait. Tell that story. I don't remember it. I was like our friend and colleague
1: oh, from busy oh. tonight and and girls five eva Eric Gurian was having a baby yes.
0: yeah last season season last 1 last season
1: mm-hmm. and you and asked, so i
0: asked ray to make sure that they made a onesie for the eric baby. because no i i don't oh, I didn't you even say eric. the baby yeah. i said for make sure they make a onesie for eric because you know he and victoria are having a baby and then Raymond made, yeah, I think he made like, like a, a, like a full adult, adult size onesie, for Eric. onesie. <laughs> zip zip up <laughs> onesie. But then this year we decided to give those as gifts. Oh, I like love it. Like one for Girls5Eva because just like they are very comfortable. And we did a thing this year because Summer was doing the merch this time that was like um, we had people place orders. And so they could get like sweatpants or a sweatshirt or they could get the onesie, you know? Oh, smart. So whatever they wanted. So many people picked the onesie. It was so cute. And then, like, on one of the last days, like, the entire camera crew wore their onesies. And it just was, like, really adorable. But they're very comfortable. And I think I'm going to include them in the Poshmark sale because why not? And, yeah. So I, like, organized some stuff and that felt good. And then... Um, mm. that felt good. Felt like a little bit
1: of a fresh start. Yeah. But also, um,
0: yeah, I'm just, I'm also really just, um, trying to wrap my head around the fact that like, if Birdie's visa comes through, which we'll find out in the next two weeks that um, that these are actually like the last few weeks that Bertie'll be in my house for now. yeah and it's wild like you know I've like thought about it, talked a lot about it in therapy. But sometimes it just hits me, and and I have some friends that are like, oh, I know what you're going through, and my kid went to college, and I'm like, Birdie's just 14, you know, little. Yeah. But at the same time, I want to um, give the kid what they're asking for and support them and they know that this is not my first choice, like that I would prefer that they stay with me. But if this is something that they really want to do, I want to support them in their pursuits. And, um, and Birdie is just like a very, con- you know, um, a person who like really knows who they are and is able to kind of, you know, I, I feel I feel confident that, like, if it's not the right choice and Bertie doesn't like it, we'll know. And Bertie will come. Bertie's not going to suffer through anything that's not. This is boarding school. Did we talk about this on the podcast? Did I talk about this at all? About boarding school? Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah we've talked about it. It's hard to know. It's hard to know. Yeah. <laughs> what have talked to, about? It's hard to know. Well, because this is basically the same as therapy and just a regular phone call. <laughs> so we never. So we never know what we have talked about, but um I, listen, this is what I want to say about that, is that one thing I have tried really hard to do as a parent is to... Help my kids live their lives and not the life that I envisioned for them. Or, right,
0: that's all you're supposed to do. That's right. all you're supposed to do for your children is but help a lot of, them to live their lives.
1: A lot of people haven't gotten that from their parents. So I think, like, are, are you fortunate that you're able to do this? Yes. Am I crossing my fingers that the most best thing happens for
0: Bird? Yes. It might be great for them. God, I've said it, like, honestly, if I'm being real, I have said this about Birdie since, I don't know, Birdie was, like, four years old. Like, that kid should go to boarding school someday. (laughs) Because Birdie has always thrived away from me and Mark. Yeah. And not that we're, like... I don't know. Pe- maybe people who are listening have similar experiences with kids, and they can understand. It's not that we're we're not bad parents. I don't think we're bad parents. I think we could do some things better, but like, it's not really about us. It's about Birdie and the way that Birdie is able to like be the best version of themselves is not with us around and we've heard it for years you've had this experience I know with your kid yes for sure we've talked about it how just we could say something a million
1: times and it wouldn't make a difference but coming from someone else coming from a peer or another adult that our kids respected. And I think everyone who has a kid can probably identify with this in some way. It's why sometimes kids really get into sports, because coaches are able to get through to them in a way that their parents aren't necessarily able to, or able to relate to them in a certain way. And it's it's scary, right? It's scary because the world is scary, A. But also, B, it's scary to like kind of admit that, well, we could use a little help here and a little shift in the way that we're doing things that will be better for the kid. Because again, we're given this picture of like how it is supposed to be. But I've had friends whose kids have gone to boarding school and really thrived because, you know, it's not a decision taken lightly.
0: No, it's not. And like, you know, bertie has got a couple of friends, by the way, who are going to boarding school next year, too. Um, it's way more of an East Coast thing than yeah, West Coast. Than Mostly, West Coast, I think, yeah. because there's more boarding schools on the East Coast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, um, but, you know, like, I feel like we, as a society, have been doing this all wrong anyway, like, for so, so, so many years now, that, like, communal raising of kids is is ideal like being around whether it's your own actual families or if it's you know people who you've chosen as your families to help and you all help each other and you're you know can pick up where when the need is there from the a parent you know like We're just so in this culturally, like in this country, we're so adrift. We're so alone and we don't have support. And like, everybody's like, it takes a village. And it's like, we have no fucking village. Right. Like we don't. Right. And, you know, I, I do like, I think the part of, I, I, I don't know, man, I don't know. This, like, this country's, like, not doing it. It's not doing it. We're not doing it for people. We're not helping people. We're not doing our best right now. We're not doing our best, like, as as a country. And then also just, like, in our communities. Like, showing up for one another and, like, making sure that people have resources and have the things that they need. And so many people just have these ridiculous like horrible beliefs that like it's not that's not the way that it works like the, it's every man every woman for every kid for themselves and well
1: it's just it's a hypocrisy and you know that's my most hated hypocrisy is my most hated thing because we can't change everything to be in the to be informed by religion and then not be faithful in any way, and not be you know all all religions are supposed to be based in caring for your community and each other and answering to a God and nobody's answering to any gods because you know it's sh- it, it doesn't make any sense, and it's just hypocritical it's just hypocritical that we want people to have. Babies that are not necessarily the vision that that person had for their life. and we're saying, oh, it's because we're pro-life and it's because we're religious or whatever, then we don't do anything to assist those people to help the the babies that are born. It's just, I mean, listen, we're we're preaching to the choir. Here, You all know it's hypocrisy. It's ridiculous. And it's just like seems to be like some kind of fucking game for these people. And I don't know what the game is, but I really hate it. And so, yeah, it's people are people feel very on their own right now. And it's a lot. It's a lot. And so, you know, that's a reason why I feel like it's kind of important to, like, be joyful and to take chances where you can, like Sierra was talking about, Um, you know, and, and we all have different lives. But, you know, I think about, like, when we took a chance and came out to L.A. and Eli stayed on the East Coast and Lincoln came to the West Coast and, like, how that was good for Lincoln because, you know, he had lived in the shadow of a brother who had, like, a more outgoing personality. And, uh, you know, and, and Lincoln came to the West Coast and he got to, like, test his ability to be outgoing and to, like, make new friends and not have everyone always being like, oh, Eli's your big brother, you know? Like, how it is when you're... In a, in a smaller town and you have a sibling or whatever, which I'm sure... Or even
0: just, like, in your own house. <laughs> yeah. You know? <laughs> I mean, listen, like, I... I don't know. <laughs> it
1: takes guts. It takes guts. And, you know, and it'll be okay because nothing is forever, right? As you said, if Bird decides they don't like it, I'm sure they'll let you know if Bird decides to stick it out for a year, but it's not for them, you know. It'll it it's all an adventure, right? What is this fucking life for if it's not for trying
0: things? So, on that note, you know, I moved to New York. Do you remember? I do
1: remember. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: I guess maybe because it's, like, going to be my birthday or whatever, I've been thinking about. Yeah. And also just, like, I'm always kind of, like, thinking about light teams. Yeah. (laughs) Our light teams and our, not, like, lineage, like, in, like, a way that's, like, gross, like, white supremacy way right. but like just like where you come from and like who were the people that you're related to yeah. and you know because of the way that our world is now like we don't really know those things There's, I think like that's part of why people are so weirdly into you know 23 and me and like genealogy and all that shit because right. I think we are we do live such separate Like, even just, like, Sierra, you know, their tribal tradition of naming themselves and where they come from and, like, who they're of, you know? Like, that she did in the beginning of the interview. That's such an incredible piece of who she is, right? right? Right, And similarly, like... Other than just being, like, I don't know, I'm white, I guess. I don't, like, I don't know. Well, we've all let it fall away. Like, as Americans, whether it's because of shame or because of, like, disinterest or whatever. Well, I I think there is shame because I think, like, you know, well, depending. I mean, you probably, I mean, I for sure, I'm sure that in my ancestry, there are people who were, you know, had enslaved people right there there has to be right I mean I haven't done that thing like do you remember there was that show like the who do you think who you do you are? think you are yeah and do you remember the like controversy about our best friend Ben Affleck when he was on it yes because they had found that his ancestor had like had people enslaved and he like didn't want it to be on camera or something. What happened? Right. I don't remember yeah, exactly. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It was something where he got like super weird about it and then just yeah. was like, we don't want to, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> right. Like, right. all right, dude. But we do have to talk about it and we have to like, right. right. So anyway, okay. So my mom's sister came to New York this past weekend and, you know, I don't really have like a very close relationship with her or, really my uncle, my mom's brother either. Just growing up, like we were not, we didn't see them a lot. And I was, we were far away in Arizona and, you know, we just didn't see them a lot. And if you've read my book, there's like, I kind of like talk a little bit about it. Like I think my mom and her sister have always had like a very strained relationship. And, you know, we love Barb Phillips and uh, also just like, But life is weird and whatever. I don't know. So my aunt was in town and was like, I'm, you know, I'm I'm in New York and I would love to see you at your convenience. And remember I saw her in Chicago. Right. Yeah. In the fall. First of all, I still can't get over that she's 73 because she's, her skin is so good. And (laughs) I asked, "Are we?" but her like essence is so youthful in person, like the waiter at the restaurant where we were eating at. Like she went to the restroom and I was like, okay, for real though. He's like, oh, that's so cute. Is that, that's your aunt? And I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, for real though, how old do you think she is? And he legitimately was like, oh, 55, 56. Wow. And I was like, "Sir, she is 73 years old. Wow. Um. But so anyway, so I had recommended that she stay at this hotel that I really like. Yeah. Um. I really like this hotel. I've, Stayed there when we were sort of displaced for a while, like Mark and I and the kids stayed there. Like I always go back to it and I filmed, I weirdly like filmed um a scene from I don't know how she does it there years in years ago. <laughs> okay. That weird movie that I was in with Sarah Jessica Parker. Yeah. So it's the Highline Hotel. Uh-huh. This is the hotel yeah. that I'm talking about. And it used to be the dormitories for the General Theological Society. And the General Theological Society still is there, but I think just they don't, I don't need know. dormitories now. They don't need dorms anymore, yeah. yeah. So they sold it to Brodsky, I guess. What why do I know all of this? Because I looked <laughs> it up. <laughs> um they sold it, they sold it, it turned into The Highline Hotel in, like, 2013, 2014-ish. But that was – my aunt had reached out and she was like, shall I stay at this hotel or this hotel? And I was like, you know I really like? I really like the Highline Hotel. I think it's, like, cozy and small and cute and, like, it's nice and it's not – like, you don't feel like you're in a big hotel surrounded by a ton of people because I know she's, you know, a little COVID-sensitive as well, like, obviously, as we all should be traveling. So anyway, so I go to pick her up the, she asks, I said, do you want to meet at this restaurant or should I pick you up? And she's like, no, if you could, wouldn't mind picking me up because I'm really bad with my sense of direction. I'm like, okay, great. Um, I go to pick her up and as we're leaving, I'm like, Oh, we can walk on the high line. And we walked up to the high line and then I showed her, I turned around and I was like, so look, there's your hotel. And then, you know, that used to be... That was the dormitories for the General Theological Society. And then behind it is still the school, the the society. But then, like, half of the block got turned into, like, these fancy condos. But then there's still the Episcopalian Church is right there as well. And she's like, wait, what did you just say? And I said, well, it's the... So where you're staying. <laughs> so where you're staying. And I filmed him, uh, I was like, did a scene from a movie there once, but um, but it's it's it used to be the dormitories and some of the classrooms for the general theological society. She's like, busy, do you not know? And I was like, what? And she goes, My grandfather, your great grandfather went to the general theological society and lived in the dorms. That's where he When he left his home, he came to New York and he went there and he lived there. And I was like, I thought everyone was from Chicago. (laughs) She's like, no, he was there in 1910 or something like that. Wow. So like what (laughs) the fuck wow so then she had brought me she had it in her bag on her she's like you know when I saw you in Chicago and you'd said like you you know I don't know you're interested in learning more about our family um guys post Hoffman you know what I mean yeah uh (laughs) She's like I had I printed out some things for you and here. And so she pulled it out and here's my great-grandfather Erwin St. John Tucker January born January 10th 1886 died January 8th 1982 and it says priest and social activist. He was born in Alabama but then moved to New York City and received his B.D. from the General Theological Seminary in 1913. Wow. He was ordained as a deacon in June 1912 and a priest in 1913. In 1914, he left New York for Chicago, where he became the managing editor of the Christian Socialist, an organ of the Christian Socialist fellowship. Um, He served as a non-parochial priest. In 1917, he opposed the American involvement in World War I, became an anti-war propagandist. Whoa. From 1927 until 54, he was the priest in charge of St. Stephen's Church in Chicago. In 1954, he converted to Roman Catholicism. See, I thought that my family was just Roman. I just thought they were Catholics, like oh, from Chicago. Catholic. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. No. Um. He was disposed, <laughs> deposed, not disposed. They he was disposed deposed. He was deposed from the ordained ministry of the Episcopal Church in 1954, and he was a layman, layman, until he was reinstated as an Episcopal priest. On June 5th, 1970, at the age of 84, during much of his time in Chicago, he worked for the Chicago Herald-American newspaper. He stressed that Christianity and socialism share the ideal of economic and social justice and an emphasis on the unity of humanity. Tucker insisted that, quote, socialism without Christianity is a corpse and Christianity without socialism is little better than a ghost. Wow. Tucker died in Chicago. I never knew this. Wow. But I didn't know, like, first of all, so, a few things. Well, lots. I mean, clearly, there's lots there. Lots there. Lots to unpack there. Yeah. But also this idea of, like... (laughs) I have been asked time and time again in interviews, where does this like activist part of you come from? And why do you feel like it's so important for you to do this? And, you know, and I've always just been like, I mean, because I don't, I don't know, because you just have to, because that's just what yeah. you have to. But I guess if we like hold on to the idea of generational trauma. Right. Then I guess we could also similarly hold on to the idea of generational values. Yeah. Which is to say that, like, even though it wasn't a thing that was, like, particularly emphasized in my family of origin household growing up, like, my mother and father didn't really talk about politics at all. Um Except for, you know, I think I told you this. My dad was obsessed with the Iran-Contra. Right. Right. Yes. But, like, you know, it wasn't, like, a particularly politically active household is all I'm saying. Right, right. But But it's just, like, inside of me. It's in you.
1: Isn't that weird? It's so weird. It does remind me of my grandmother told me that her—I think her great-grandmother— was a storyteller her name was Julia and she was a storyteller and that was just like her job and my grandmother I remember what did she tell me that Julia's husband would take her around and people would come to just see her like perform perform basically to tell stories and that she wasn't very attractive but that her husband like adored her and that was you know just what she was meant to do, and his life was devoted to making sure that he facilitated her doing what she was meant to do. So I always think of that, and I'm always
0: like, oh, maybe I'm a a storyteller
1: because of Julia.
0: Yeah, but just so you know, um, you are a very beautiful woman. (laughs) You're just going to come out and say it? (laughs) I'm just going to come out and say it, just just so you know. (laughs) You are... You're a very beautiful woman. Thank so, you. I don't want you to think that you inherited <laughs> not not much to look at, but a husband adored her. Oh my gosh. You I just, have, <laughs> you know, a lot to look at <laughs> and also a husband that adores you. Well, I thank mean, you. it is it's interesting. But it, it is fucking interesting. It is. It is. And like and like there is something I have to say like, you know, I think genealogy can be real fucking gross. And I think that people can be really into their aristocratic blood or whatever.
1: It's gross. And it's also like like you hear all the time, like it's happened in every family where they're like, we're descended from princesses of this country or that country. And it's usually like, I think that's why people are kind of obsessed with doing the doing the DNA tests now because so much of what we were told because we really have lost touch with our individual cultures is like bullshit. Like people just make up bullshit stories. Okay.
0: Right. And so this is what I'm, this is exactly the point of what I'm trying to say. Like Yes ah oh, Casey, you get it <laughs> like it's like I don't care that like I was like that, like I, here's the, here are the things that like I've known about my the the family history, okay, yeah. like I've known things like um that you know we, the family like they were here for the revolutionary war, like right. one side you know part of the one side of the family, and that um you know my. I I don't know, like that kind like weird shit like that. Like yeah. just like dumb things that don't mean anything to me. And like also always feel like thinly veiled or unaware ways of being kind of like racist and gross, right? Like yeah. Yeah. we're white. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I'm not saying that anyone in my immediate family is like, said that you understand what i'm saying right yes i
1: know what you're saying right like it's like an unexamined shallow look at history maybe
0: exactly and just exactly it's like an unexamined and shallow look at where you come from but like how fucking weird that out of all of the places i've been like I go to that place all the, I go to that hotel all the time for coffee. Right. I've like, I go there. I meet people there for drinks. I like have stayed, I stayed there. I like walk by it. I like you enjoy did a scene in a
1: movie. W- there, I did a
0: scene in a movie there, but like, I fucking love this area right here. Like yeah. this space, this yeah. energy of like this block, I, like, genuinely like it and have been drawn to it. And also, I've, like, obviously do all of this, like, social activism work. I mean, if we talk to Bernie about socialism, they're like, it doesn't exist because it's just a step before communism and, like, blah, 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 blah. But there is something that really speaks to me about it, you know? And, like, ideally, why couldn't it exist? Like... I don't know. I'm just saying I didn't know these things. This wasn't information I had. And I feel like I feel it deeply.
1: I just feel like that's something that you needed to find out about yourself. And something something was drawing you to that. So many times to be like, is she going to get it this time? Is she going to, is she going to see something this time that like triggers something? And so I'm so happy you had that conversation with your aunt because it's something that you needed to find out about yourself. Like, I'm sure you felt a million times, like, why am I doing this? It's just like, it's in you. It's what you were born to do.
0: It's just weird to be a person. It's just weird to be anything. It's just fucking weird. It's weird. It's weird. We're all trying to deal with it. We're all trying to wrap our heads around it every day, right? And, like, there is something to being, like, in community and knowing and having the people around you just understand you intrinsically yeah fucking get you
1: and even i i don't know i've been thinking a lot about this lately and just there's something about being in community and trusting that everybody wants the best for everybody and you know and again that's an ideal but when you want the best for other people in addition to yourself, then you start to look at things differently. And also, I think, a community where everyone, when they can, assumes the best about everybody. That's something that I've really been missing because I feel like, and I don't blame people for being cautious because so many people have been burned for so fucking long. People of color have been burned for so fucking long by anyone who ever had an opportunity to burn them on something. Women have been burned for so fucking long. So I don't blame people for being cautious and for not trusting. But I feel like right now the default is to assume the worst about anyone. Mm. And just, you know, and social media is like a perfect magnification of that where people are just like, well, like calling me a piece of shit because I didn't want to like rescue someone's cat or whatever, (laughs) you know, on a business trip. And I'm like, I'm not a piece of shit. That is like the tiniest snapshot, not even fully fleshed out of one day in my life. I'm not a piece of shit. You're not allowed to call me a piece of shit. But that is like, that is where we kind of collectively are. And so it does make me, I know I talk about our Facebook group so much. Okay, so we got to start this
0: sub stack because guys, yes. I can't not be a part of the journey anymore. I want to start it. Will you guys, <laughs> subs- what, did people respond? Will they subscribe? Yeah. So, I mean, some people
1: said like, I'm here for whatever. I want to support these women on their journey. Some people said like, I'm here for the free part because I can't really afford to support financially, but I can support emotionally, which that is, if you don't think that's worth more than gold, then you're I'm um, here to tell you you're wrong. Supporting emotionally is incredible. Supporting financially is incredible. Um and some people said like, oh, I don't think I'd really read a bunch of stuff, but if there was like video or audio content on there, which we have talked about experimenting with. Well on that's there, what I
0: want. I want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I might so, do some writing guys, but like mostly I think I just want to do some more like vid things.
1: And also just like shooting the shit and talking in a place where we can like interact with you guys like down in the comments in a way that so it's kind of like podcast plus a couple people were worried that um, that it would dilute the content of the podcast. And I'm like, this is real talk for me. We're just talking on the podcast extemporaneously, usually about, like, what happened that day, unless we write it down that, like, <laughs> Busy's dog killed a mouse or whatever. You know, so so I just feel like there's six more days in the week when we could yeah. be ha- potentially hanging out, and this will be a good place to do it. And, you know, who knows how it will go, but I'm excited. And so it is all set up, and um, we can start you know, finding out who wants to subscribe. And we'll see how it goes. If it's 10 people, maybe that'll be great. Maybe that'll be perfect. If it's 10,000 people, maybe that'll be like a whole new movement. But like, that's what I was about to say is I love the Facebook group so much because it is, it does feel like a very gentle place where we are able to have talks about these things and like, share points of view where people are like like like-minded but not all identical and people have different things to say and everybody so far, knock on wood, because this is so rare in a social space like that, people assume the best of each other in that space. And I'm so proud of that. And the only thing that's missing is busy. And so this is a chance for us to like
0: (laughs) bring this bitch into the mix. I'm going to do it. (laughs) <laughs> I'm excited. I'm trying to do my whole, ooh, look at that. I did my picture. <laughs> but wait, are, does this mean, it, I, this, it doesn't say that I'm also, a, a just accept invite? Yeah. But what does that mean?
1: You, you'll accept it and then like I'll make you like an author, an administrator, or whatever. I want to be heck. an admin. Yeah. And then Let's you can see. like look around and then you can like write whatever you want on there.
0: But it's, yeah, it's set up. Okay. We're doing it.
1: We're doing it. So, Substack will, which will post on Instagram and in the Facebook group about it. And if you want to subscribe, whether, you know, whether it's just subscribing to additional free content, that's great. If you want to pay to subscribe, that would be amazing and helpful, as I've said to, to me personally. Um, but it, it, it's okay. And all me too. Yeah, you too. Mm-hmm. And all of it's great. And we'll, we'll see how it goes. Like we were saying, like, what is life for except for trying stuff? And maybe we'll love it. And maybe it'll be like the next big thing in, in
0: our lives. Who knows?
1: Who, Who knows? knows?
0: Does it look like I accepted? You can go, luck. All right. I got to go because um, I've got shit that's happening over here.
1: <laughs> well, okay. I want to say a couple more things before we jump off. We didn't say what we're doing our best at this week. What are you doing your best at? I'm just doing my best at, like, being chill. Again, I'm not the best at being chill. And, like, a lot of wacky shit happened this week. And, like, my we were having people over for, like, a Father's Day thing Paul F. Tompkins is not a father, but he did fall in love with Ashley Nicole Black's dog at that gathering. He loves a dog. He loves a dog. And my husband, um, because I've been working and haven't had time to, like, really, like, do windows around the house, he brought in some people to, like, clean— the windows, he hired somebody off of Yelp to clean the windows. They didn't clean the windows at all. They cleaned the house, but they, like, for- also forgot a bunch of rooms. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I'm not even sure that they really were, like, professional cleaners or whatever. So, uh, all things considered, like, I, I just was like, who fucking cares if the windows are dirty? Like, <laughs> you know? And I just, so I was just trying to be chill about that. That's the kind of thing where I really could have spiraled and been like, you know, we have to cancel the thing because the windows are dirty. And like, I just didn't. I just wiped a couple windows half heartedly and then was like, whatevs, you know, it was a miscommunication and it's fine. And I'm not going to spiral. So I'm
0: that's what I, my, yeah. mm-hmm. How I you? know what
1: I did. My, yeah. How
0: about you? I don't know. I don't know. I just, uh, same, I guess. You're just, you're trying to like, have your birthday week and, like, I get guess. through it and And I'm trying out. to, like, check things off my list slowly, yeah. but surely. That's great. That's great. So, yeah. So I've been checking things off and did that. Yeah. I'm just – that's what I'm doing. I have a really, really, really long list. A long and I'm just list trying to and like, you're working your way through it. I'm trying to work my way through it. And it's not the easiest thing and sometimes it feels overwhelming, but just it is, it is what it is. And I'm just – and I'm doing it.
1: Well, happy cancer season to you as of today of cancer season. We're going to do a bunch of giveaways on Instagram. And um, so like week by week throughout cancer season to celebrate Busy's birthday. We're going to give some stuff away, some little treats. So Mm -hmm. that'll be fun. So check us out on Instagram. BP is doing her best on Instagram. And um, Melissa Walker from the States Project let us know that there are 93 giving circles Um, that have come about as a result of her appearance on this podcast. And so much money has been raised. Uh, Too many giving circles to name check them all, but we'll shout you out on Instagram all at some point. But um, through June 30th, Every donation to um, the States Project is being doubled up to $2,500 per individual. So if you were thinking about starting a giving circle or giving money to someone's giving circle, um, maybe think about doing it in the next eight days because it will be doubled. And um, and check out Brave Gowns because we have some fun stuff up there, uh, some new merch Including a playable beach bingo towel about none of this was on my bingo card, which I is fun. I get one of those. I didn't get one of
0: those. And then yeah. we, I showed those new shirts that are so cute.
1: Yes. You showed a bunch of new shirts, including yeah. um, some shirts that are going to benefit Tent,
0: correct? I know. They were so—Tent they Tent was so excited and— And then I was like, we should send you guys shirts. So now we we need to send them (laughs) Now you got to do that. So all that stuff, just like a bunch
1: of housekeeping, but a lot of exciting things coming up. Mm -hmm. Substack, Cancer Season on Instagram, going to do some giveaways. Um, States Project, if you want to join a giving circle or start a giving circle, maybe do it in the next eight days. Mm -hmm. Go to Brave Gowns and check out the new merch. It's super cute. And as always, subscribe and download this podcast. Share it if you feel like it. And uh, let's just keep, like, the good stuff going. Let's just try to keep doing good stuff as we mm. roll into summer.
0: Let's keep doing it. We're doing it. <laughs> we got it, guys. We got it. And as usual, we love you. We love you. Happy birthday,
1: Busy. We will, Next time we talk, it will have been your birthday.
0: Wow. Well.
1: You got, you got a couple days to figure it out.
0: I'm going to do it.
1: <laughs> we love you all we so love much. love you guys. Have a great week.
0: Bye. Okay. Bye. Bye. I love what I'm doing, but I'm doing my best. Oh, Oh, no. <laughs>